Uh, Pittsburgh's grazing goats will likely be back to clean up parks and city-owned property this year. City Council approved an agreement that would allow Allegheny Goatscape to graze its goats on city property for five years. They've been used over the past several years to clean up poison ivy and brush. The council is expected to give a final vote next week. Yeah, you ever see those uh, goats when they're penned off places? Because they have the donkey to protect them. Yeah, and I always feel bad for the donkey because the donkey's there so the coyotes don't come and eat the goats. (laughs) But the donkey doesn't know that. The donkey's (laughs) just hanging out. He's just sitting there. The donkey is bait. And then, uh, you know, one of these days, a coyote's going to come up and the goat's going to be like, you got to fight that thing. And he's going to be like, what are you talking about? Have at it. They're like, dude, you got to, that's why you're here. Fight the coyote. (laughs) Brandy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 60 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Dive crews in Thailand are resuming rescue efforts for the rest of a boys soccer team that's been trapped in a cave for over two weeks. Four boys were brought to safety at a daring rescue operation yesterday that involved the boys being attached to divers while wearing oxygen masks. Authorities decided to go forward with the rescue because of concern that oxygen levels in the cave were dropping and that heavy rains could flood the cave even more. Earlier rescue efforts were halted for the night so that crews could refill their oxygen supply. Officials say five people were hit with one taken to the hospital after a driver hit protesters in North for sales yesterday afternoon. Investigators say the driver was arrested. That person plowed through the crowd demonstrating for Antoine Rose on Route 30. At least nine people hurt in the annual running of the Bulls in Spain. Red Cross officials reported five people were hospitalized after the first running, which started Saturday. Four hospitalized after the second running on Sunday. The 400-year-old event happens annually over a span of eight days in the northern city of Pamplona. So far, 15 people have died from being gored between 1910 and 2014. Do you have any interest in doing that? Oh, no. No, not at all. <laughs> no. I, I did it one time just to cross it off the list of like, oh, I went to the Kentucky Derby. Oh, yeah, I ran with the Bulls at Pamplona. Because I used to think that that was like uh, an important thing to do. If yeah. you could, if you had the means to be able to go and do a bunch of dumb stuff the world over, that it was your duty to go and do that. Uh, that one has lost significant interest <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's gone down the list. Every year. Yeah, yeah. like... When I was younger, I thought like, oh yeah, that'd be cool to do that sometime. I bet you go there with your friends and you party and then you run. And then after a while, you're like, I don't even run that well anymore. <laughs> I'm right. not, I'm not at my best. Like, what if it's slippy out? I don't yeah. want to. You fall once, you're done. You get trampled. Also, And wh- that's the, the better option. <laughs> right. I don't. You don't think- want to get gored. And I don't think you're immune from ball busting in the afterlife. So I think like the way you die has a significant <laughs> role in how you're treated for eternity. For sure. I would like to go watch people run with the bulls. Like I'd like to be one of those people on that's the other in a side balcony of the on the on the route. Yeah. Like you know, safe. Up away from harm. Sure. Drinking beers. Tailgating. Laughing at the people that are running from the bulls. <laughs> right. Having a little tailgate party of sorts. Because they're not really running with the bulls. They're are running they? from I mean, I guess the some bulls. of them are. They're running away from the bulls. Completely yeah. different. Not the same thing. No. Because if they were running with them, there would be way fewer incidents of goring. They'd be like, you guys are with us? Cool. 
The Bulls would treat you as like, ah, cool. No one's going to stop us now. We got the humans. And instead, they're just like, let out to try and gore you. Kind of don't feel bad for those people. No, again. No. uh, You are tempting fate in a way that you shouldn't. Have you been to the Kentucky Derby yet? No, I have no interest in that. I actually think I'd rather run with the Bulls. Now, if I could run with the horses at the Kentucky Derby. (laughs) Or the jockeys. I'd settle for one of the two. No, those jockeys will gore you. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't know. They're not that tall. (laughs) So the goring comes very low. Uh, I'd say probably everyone has been on a diet at some point in their life or just maybe thinking, well, I have to eat better. Well, your significant other is the biggest roadblock to dropping a few pounds. 24% of people said their partner derailed their diet by eating junk food in front of them, ordering delivery, or convincing them, ah, just relax and have a few drinks. As far as foods that make us bail on our diets, number one, pizza. Of course. Always. Ice cream, french fries, chocolate, cookies, cake, hamburgers, candy, cheese, and bread also on the list. Was chips not in there? Chips not in there. That falls into the french fry category, though. Okay. (laughs) It's a potato product? Yeah. Like the handicap fries or whatever those, remember those things? Oh, those like hot fries. Hot fries. Whatever happened to those things? I'll eat a bag of those. They're probably still around. Boy, that was- uh, That was a potato product, right? I don't know that that was a food product, Val. I think no. that might have just been a that was a chemical, plastic. a chemical crustacean <laughs> that was so spicy you had to wash it down with a a, a carbonated beverage that had a hundred grams of sugar in it. <laughs> when Serena brings a big bag of chips home, I'm like, she hates my dreams. She hates my goals. She doesn't want to see me happy. Or she's I'm touching like, you, willpower. Look at it that way. You know, I, you live with an addict. I say. I'm addicted to chips. Are you really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I love chips, too. Yes. I know Val used to eat them during the show. For breakfast, she'd have mm-hmm. chips and Mountain so Dew. So good. You're off the Mountain Dew altogether. No, I'm no, back on No, yeah, she's back on I'm the back sauce. On. I was off, but I'm back on. How's that feel? Feels great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Her GERD's all the way acting up. Oh, uh, uh, really? Is it, has it kicked up to GERD? Not too bad. It's worth it. Yeah. Do you take it's Zantac or anything? Yeah. And you Sometimes still get the GERD with the Zantac. Um, not too bad. It's just it's more, I have to watch the overeating really. Keep that to and anybody. A, and at night. The uh the Zantac. Like a gremlin. <laughs> Don't feed Val after midnight. <laughs> the Zantac we'll was way it. earlier. Uh, it's not as bad to take Zantac as it is like they say you shouldn't take like the Prevacid or like the other ones. I don't know. I'm Every on, day. Like the heavier duty uh, class of those drugs is yeah. the ones you should not use as maintenance. You you get yeah, them and they're like, use for two weeks and then ask your doctor. And then I always said, then why did you sell them in an 85 pack? Right. <laughs> and why is all the onus on me? Right. Ask your doctor about Prevacid. Yeah. I don't want to ask my doctor. <laughs> why does my doctor tell me about Prevacid? Yeah, exactly. Does my doctor know about Prevacid? Why do I have to know about it? We've got to cut out the middleman here. Have you heard about Prevacid? No. What is it? You're my doctor. <laughs> How do you not know about Prevacid? Can you guess what time of day workers are the happiest? Three o'clock. You're close. 325. Close. Getting what? out. Yeah. Well, uh, researchers found people will experience eight happy moments and five low points during an average work day. 
among the happy moments, and I don't know who has this, waking up after a great night's sleep, <laughs> uh, get, which I don't count that. That's every day. That's not part of your work day. Right. Getting appreciation from the boss, receiving a compliment for, from a client or a customer, and walking through the door at home after work. <laughs> Low points include long, boring meetings, overeating and regretting it, and getting stuck in traffic. So every day at work, that's happening for sure. Uh, <laughs> looks like superheroes overtaking the dinosaurs at the box office as Ant-Man and the Wasp is the weekend's top film in the U.S. But uh, surprisingly, I thought the numbers would be way higher. It's on track to make $76 million the first week in theaters. Oh. Which I thought all those superhero movies were like over a hundred million yeah but we're down to ant-man and wasp man <laughs> right it's uh it is projected to rake in another 85 million outside the u.s and canada coming in second credibles 2 followed by jurassic world fallen kingdom which has earned just over a billion dollars worldwide so far rounding out the top five uh the first purge which i didn't even know was a movie no and Sicario Day of the Soldado. Uh, Mr. Rogers, Won't You Be My Neighbor in ninth place right now. Which, is that in limited release or is that wide release now? I think it's in wide release. It's really good. Yeah, I, I, I got to go see that. Sicario Day of Soldado sounds like some kind of album from Sounds like Pitbull. somebody that the pirates are going to call up. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen is finally officially releasing his often bootleg 1978 performance at the Intimate Roxy in Los Angeles. The newly remixed and remastered four-hour set was released on Friday, one day before its 40th anniversary. Springsteen has sold out the forum in Los and had sold out the forum in L.A. four days earlier, and only about 500 fans were lucky enough to be present for the legendary Roxy show. The official release is part of Springsteen's ongoing archival live series. And finally, Guns N' Roses celebrating the fact that their 1987 debut album, Appetite for Destruction, is back in the top 10 after nearly 30 years. The former chart-topping, multi-million selling set re-entered the national album sales chart at number 10 this week following the release of its deluxe remastered reissue on June 29th. The record originally debuted on the charts in August of 1987 and spent five non-consecutive weeks at number one. Sunny mid-80s for the high today. It is 60 at DBE. It is the DBE morning show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter. Uh, coming back from the 4th, hopefully everybody has uh, been rested. You did the afternoons last week. Yeah. Um, Did you get some rest? No, not really. Ah. Well, uh, and, you still weren't waking up at three thirty in the morning, were you? Well, I got up about four thirty. Oh God, there's no hope. No. Well, <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> and I'll never uh, sleep you know, again. We didn't have a chance on air. Bill and I didn't, anyways, to talk uh, about the loss of our friend Mike Steele, who worked here. For many many years, and mm -hmm. Val, you've known him. You knew Mike all the way back to our co your he, college yeah, days. Yeah, we went to college together to Clarion. I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we found out, uh, and Mike was diagnosed uh, with uh, colon cancer, I believe, in like I want to say um, April. Yeah, it was not long ago, mm -hmm. uh, and it was a real quick manifestation of that disease and uh, a shock to everybody here. And you might have seen a lot of stuff in the papers and social media about it. Uh, Michelle Michaels is going to be in later on this morning 
to uh, to talk about Mike and all of that he was able to do here. He was different things to different people. You know, mm-hmm. for Michelle, uh, he definitely was somebody who would fill in and do her show. He'd fill in and do Sean's show, uh, or he'd run the board. He wasn't too big or too little for any position. He helped us when Slack left uh, when we oh, were yeah. in, uh, or when we were in between producers before Slack. Yeah, that's right. 2013. <clears throat> he uh, he came in and uh, and produced the show for a while. Which was way below his pay grade and uh, b- below his, uh, you know, abilities. But uh, no b- job was too small for him, and uh, no, he- never like was like, I don't want to do that. No, he it, always wa- DV was like a real important thing to him, and I know he worked across the board on the X and three uh, um, WS. But I just always felt like DVE was the place because when I first got here, he uh, he had just left to take a job in Austin. One of the first station events I went to in the year 2000 was a going away party for Mike because he was going to Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we lost Mike and that was a, that was a big shock. And, I was stunned. Um, a real tragedy. And I, just in tribute to Mike, I want to start off the show this morning. One of his all-time favorite bands. He, um, <clears throat> he, he loved Warren Haynes, the Allman Brothers, but in particularly... He loved Warren Haynes and uh, Government Mule, and he traveled all over to see them. Those guys in the Government Mule family knew Mike. He was so often backstage and hanging with the with the crew. So this is from the deep end, a 2001 kind of all-star recording that Government Mule did, where they re-recorded some of their other hits and uh, created new ones with all kinds of different celebrities and uh, musical all-stars. This version of Soul Shine, which he made famous, of course, with the Allman Brothers, features Chuck Lavelle. Right here, you hear him playing the Whirly there. Uh, and also, I believe this one has Buddy Guy on guitar with him, too, and they kind of trade off. And it's a real poignant version of Soul Shine. And uh, we'll send this one out to the memory of Mike Steele and in thanks of everything he did for us here. In particular, here on the DVE Morning Show, where he busted his but constantly constantly to get our live shows on the air and uh always to uh, not enough thanks from me that's for sure and uh, i wish i could have shown him a better appreciation for all the great help he gave us through the years this one's from mike Steele, dpa Your soul shine, shine. 
Oh, 
there you go, Soul Shine. That's from The Deep and Volume 1, which is a great uh, compilation of all-star performances with Government Mule. And that one goes out to Mike Steele, who passed away last week. I, I mean, we knew Mike was sick, but that was still a shock to all of us. It was so quick Huge from the time shock, he went yeah. from being diagnosed uh, to the time that he passed was uh, not long enough. And uh, we are all shocked and saddened and send our deepest sympathies to his closest friends and family, uh, of course, and uh, many people here count themselves among those people. Yeah, if you followed the uh, social media response to Mike's passing, uh, he got uh, condolence acknowledgments from, among many others, Stefan Tuitt and Scott Blasey. So this, yeah. this is a guy that touched the NFL and mm-hmm. some people who were a pretty big deal in the NFL and the music world. Yeah. And the the ones that really hit home for me were uh, I can't remember if it was uh, KDO or Travis, but uh, some of the younger people. Yeah, that are the here younger kids talked about Mike as being such a mentor to them and a guy mm-hmm. they could always lean on for advice. Uh, you know, people that are just getting started in our business, and uh, he was nothing but helpful to them at all times. Uh, a Renaissance man, and like you said, Randy, a guy no job was too small. And no job was executed without supreme professionalism and attention at detail. He was a guy that was in my head a lot uh, on the pregame shows. Uh, he would be back here running the board. And, you know, when you're doing a live show, that guy in your ear sometimes right. oh, yeah. is the difference between success and failure, especially when things go a little uh, screwy as they're wont to do. Yeah, he uh, ran the board for the Radiothon, too. Yeah, he was, uh, he was a hell of a guy. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, I took it for granted that he'd be around here, and I always took it for granted that whatever job he was asked to do would be executed perfectly. Yep. Which is not fair. But I'd be like, come on! Steel, no, you know how to do that! Right? I mean, you don't do everything else! You know, and he stayed up with the technology, which is also something that's like a really hard, challenging thing to do. Uh, and he was on top of all of it. He had engineering yeah. capabilities. And he was, he was really witty, and he kept up on everything, and whether he was doing Sean's show or Michelle's or... Uh, something back here behind the scenes. Uh, big booming voice, big booming smile, great attitude, hardworking guy, and he touched uh, people in all walks of life. Uh, yeah, There's no doubt about that. Well said. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break later the show in the show. Michelle Michaels is gonna join us to talk about Mike. Uh, also, the the birthday of the Steelers, <laughs> and to celebrate the birthday of the Steelers, we're gonna have Gene Collier on to tell the story of the birth of the Steelers because he wrote The Chief. And in The Chief, there is uh, one one section of the monologue is uh, Tom Atkins, who, who portrays The Chief, talking about that trip. Was it to Philadelphia to bet on the, the horses, to bet on the ponies? Uh, I don't know where. I think it was in Philadelphia. And he had to take the train back across the state with all of the money that he won that he would eventually buy the Steelers with. It's a scary ride. It is a scary ride. So Gene Collier will uh, regale us with tales of the origin of your Pittsburgh Steelers. The Hawkeyes performing live for you later this morning in the Point Park University stage, Permanis DVE Coffee House, because they're going to be a part of this weekend's Deutschtown Music Festival. DVE will be there all weekend, 300 bands or some crazy number like that. Going to be performing at venues all over Pittsburgh's north side, all weekend long. So we'll uh, we'll kick things off with the Hawkeyes after 9 o'clock today. Mike has a full sports report. When we come back here on the DVE. DVE Sports. I'm just glad Billy didn't gargle there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. The Pirates broke a 1-1 tie in the fourth inning with three runs, a rally that was highlighted by a two-run double off the bat of pitcher Nick Kingham in yesterday's 4-1 win over the Phillies. The Pirates snap a five-game losing streak and salvage one in the seven-game series against the Phillies this season. Francisco Cervelli back from the disabled list went one for three with the run scored as uh, the Pirates improve to 41-48. and 48. Kingham bouncing back after that disastrous start in Los Angeles that uh, included a couple of errors. Uh, that was the 17-1 game. Kingham made a couple of errors in that game. Uh, on Can the you way be more specific, Mike? He had a couple of those last week. Uh, yeah, this was the one against L.A., not the one right. against Philly. Uh, he went six innings, four hits, uh, one run. It was earned one walk and five Ks. He improves to three and four and gets the ERA down to 4.26. Uh, 19,542 on hand at PNC Park. Uh, that 41-48 and 48 record has uh, the Pirates positioned Fourth in the NL Central. They're holding off the Reds, who are charging uh, from the basement. Uh, Pirates are nine games behind the division-leading Brewers, and the Reds are 11 and a half back. Uh, looks like that's what we're down to the rest of the summer in terms of uh, Pirates' interest. Can they uh, hold off the Reds and achieve fourth place? Well, it's fun to watch that, at least. It's like a semi-pro kind of thing. Fourth place, fourth place. <laughs> Can they do it? And uh, semi-pro about sums it up. Uh, the Washington Nationals are in town for the first of the three starting uh, tonight. Jeffrey Rodriguez for Washington, 0-0 with a 5.52 ERA against Ivan Nova, 4-6, and 4.48. And uh, maybe the week of reckoning is finally at hand for the Pirates. General Manager Neil Huntington meeting with reporters yesterday, and he had a lot to say before the game. This from Bill Brink's story in the Post-Gazette this morning. Quote, this is on me. This is a club I put together. This is a club our staff put together. I believe in our coaches. I believe in the message they're giving, the information they're giving to our players. But we're where we are. It's real. And again, disappointing that Huntington would not say we're where we're at. Very Pittsburgh. So his fans would understand. Right, yes. Need to uh, dangle that Maybe press that's part of, the, part of the disconnect between the Pirates and the <laughs> right. fan base is that Huntington refuses to dangle those <laughs> prepositions. Uh, he continued... Uh, Quote, you don't want to overemphasize what a week can mean, but this is one of those weeks where 4-4 four and four doesn't do us much good. We need to make up some ground here in a short period of time. We need to show that we can continue to do that. Otherwise, we get to the point in time where we start to take a realistic look at this club. Oh, you know what? Stop with the looks. Let's take a look. Yeah. Okay, we suck. Now what do we do? Well, you, you dump assets is what you do. And I yeah. uh, think that, that's what he's uh, preparing everyone for. It's actually a nine-game week. Uh, well, from Sunday to Sunday, it's nine games. They had the series uh, concluding game against Philadelphia yesterday, three against Washington, and then five against Milwaukee this weekend, including a doubleheader. The Nationals are one game over five hundred after losing yesterday. The Brewers are leading the division. And as Huntington pointed out, four and four the rest of the way after yesterday is not going to do you anything. Uh, they're going to have to reel off a significant winning streak or they're going to realize that uh, it ain't happening this year and they're going to start dealing pieces for what they can get. Who do you think we're going to have a going-away party for? Jay Hay. Well, Jordy Mercer is uh, a free agent 
after this year. So you would you would think he is the most likely to go. Uh, Josh Harrison and David Freeze, uh, the Pirates have options uh, for those guys in 2019. And uh, Corey Dickerson of Von Nova and Francisco Cervelli are among those who will be free agents after 2019. I'm curious, uh, Cervelli, I think... Uh, Probably put up all-star worthy numbers in the first half. He had, a, he had a great first half when he was playing, but he was once again bothered by injury, and he's been out of the lineup, which has been his history. And uh, Elias Diaz looks like uh, a great fit at catcher. Steam lacks a lot, but it has two really good catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they've been lucky with catchers and closers. Yeah, maybe Cervelli's a guy that they can uh, actually get something for. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I think Mercer's a, a good, steady, average to above average shortstop, but uh, presumably there's somebody in the organization that can at least make the plays he's supposed to make it short. Yeah, uh, I know Madden was railing yesterday, and there was lots of Pirates hatred going around social media in, in Pittsburgh anyways. Not for Madden. Uh, but it I do sound agree like him. with him that uh, you know, analytics aside, you know that lot of, lot of the pirates not passing the eye test going on right no now. No question. That's I'm you know I'm not an analytics guy, and beyond their ability to hit the ball, catch the ball, and throw the ball, which is relative, you know, case by case basis. This is not a team that plays baseball well. <laughs> That's a problem. You know, they no, rejected not, that as the slogan for the 2018 no, I'm not, season. I'm not talking about you know the, the physical acts required to do baseball things. I'm, I've been on vacation the last couple of weeks, but here's what sticks out in my head just from you know checking in. I'm doing some traveling and whatnot, but yeah. I've tried to keep up with it. You know, uh, Diaz throwing the ball to Kingham in L.A. after a pitch, and they can't complete the catcher getting the ball back to the pitcher thing, and a run scores from third. Uh, the Polanco tag-up fiasco in, in San Diego uh, where they're a run down and they're rallying and he doesn't tag up on a ball that you clearly should tag up on. And then is it his fault? Is it the third base coach's fault? Uh, they they don't get runners over and get them in. You know, um, uh, They don't know how to play small ball. Yeah, they just they, – they compound their deficiencies hitting, throwing, and catching with – Doing dumb things and not yeah. playing the game the right way. And uh, while well, I credit Huntington for stepping up and taking the blame, and he's done that previously this year, you know, the bullpen has failed them. They have guys with some intriguing arms and some intriguing stuff that are not established yet, and they screw up a lot. But uh, Clint Hurdle, to me, is fully deserving of a great deal of the blame for what's going on this year. The long streaks and the bouts with just uh, disengaged poor play. That seems to be tolerated by everybody. Mm-hmm. That's a, you know, yeah. They don't have a guy who's going to hit forty home runs. I get that. Uh, they don't have a twenty game winner, but you, you can play better than they play. And if you play better, you'll get better results than what they've got. I, I don't think it's as a pennant winning team. We talked at the beginning of the year. You know, seventy five wins was maybe where they should be at, but they got off to that hot hot start, and there was uh, some promise there, and they had a chance to maybe surprise people and, and achieve something. And uh, just didn't seem real interested in doing that. No. No. And just constant little things. Yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, with Tyon coming off the mound the other day where he's looking over his shoulder at 68 pitches going, nobody's touched second base. You guys are pulling me already? Well, the reason we're doing that is because the third time around the order, you're usually not very good. 
Yeah, and that you know that that was an interesting case because I I disagreed with removing him there, but he also talked about looking out to the bullpen and seeing somebody warming up. And I'm hey, why why but why do you care? Yeah, grow up. Get the next guy out. Maybe they won't take you out. Yeah, you're a major league pitcher. You're supposed to be the horse on this staff and a guy who was underachieved like a lot of the others. Mm-hmm. And you're looking out to the bullpen and that's depressing you. Right. Buck up. This is the big leagues. Take the ball and throw strikes. Buck up. Buckos. That's, you know, there's part of your problem right there. Um, So, they are where they are, as Neil Huntington would say. Indeed. But it just always struck me that if there was one guy who was willing to buck the trend of analytics that that they uh, dictate. It would be Hurdle. Right. But, you know, again, Tyone's not had a very good first half. No. And he was supposed to. And maybe if he had done better to that point, they would have had more faith in him. That that quote about, I saw the guy warming up in the bullpen and it bothered me. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Yes. Boy, that really struck a nerve with me. Yeah. Hey, I kid, it. it's not your job to decide who gets up and warms up and when. It's your job to throw the effing ball. Mm-hmm. And then go into the dugout if you get yanked and fight the Gatorade cooler. Yeah. Well, yell at the manager. Do, do right. something that, that, <laughs> that offers up the perception that you really care. They're good about talking about stuff after the fact. They don't do a very good job about doing stuff during the fact. He's still a super young guy. He Ho- is. Hopefully it's yeah. uh, a learning experience for him. But, yeah, the Buckos are just – it's just a dismal situation. The crowds this weekend, pretty good, a holiday weekend, and the Phillies in town. A lot of Phillies fans. Oh, I know. I went there Friday. always is. I went Friday night for the uh, second of the 17-run games. And, uh, four oh, the four-hour and 30-minute spectacle. Longest, nine longest innings. Longest nine-inning game in Pirate history. Four hours and 30 minutes. When and I watch was, the Pirates now, I wear a Thunder shirt. Yeah. I think they had 10 walks in that game and uh, a couple of hit batters and you know the, the usual spate of wild pitches and pass balls. and Just stuff that you you can clean that kind of stuff up and you're a lot better for it. And, How about Herrera's stance? The way he hits the ball. His, it, I mean, for a lefty, his right leg in his stance is like a full 100 degrees, 110 degrees out. And then he brings it all the way back over and in. Boy, Tom Mamansky would have ripped that, that right out of the back of the day. <laughs> Get that swing a little more compact there, Drubal. <laughs> Felipe Vasquez is going to the All-Star game. Uh, he's your uh, Pirates representative. He credited Felipe Rivero for uh, helping him to get where he was. Well, that's nice that the two of them were able to get it done. And uh, in the World Cup, they're down to four. You guys watching any of this? Oh, are you kidding me? Catch this him. is the best spectacle of the summer. Um, it's I haven't caught a lot of it, but what I've caught has been entertaining. It's uh, France against Belgium, 2 o'clock on Tuesday, and Croatia against England at 2 o'clock on Wednesday in the semifinals. You the Russians a- couldn't blood dope their way to a win. You got a side? Yeah. Adopt a adopt. Oh, a I want England. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me I want too. England to win me too. Uh, they, you know, they like fun Belgium, to watch though too. Yeah, Bel- Belgium. Belgium's fun. If it came down to that, I wouldn't. You know, I don't know who I'd go with, but it's been really fun to watch. I was rooting more against Russia than anything. I really wanted Russia to lose. No, they have. Oh, I know. Well, barely. Finally. <laughs> barely. That's the first time they've lost. In they quite lost to the Croatians too, right? Uh, they did yeah. lose to the Croatians. Boy, I bet that pissed them off. Oh, especially when the the dude who scored the uh, the goal in OT, an extra ET, uh, was like making pro-Ukrainian comments after the game. Like, hey, go Ukraine. Suck it, Russia. 
Not the 1940s Ooh. anymore, is it, no. Big Red Bear? <laughs> but, you know, the Russians, they're accused of blood doping all the time. Their team, you can track how far people run and how much you know, real estate they've taken up per game. The Russians had four guys in the top ten. Nobody else had two. Wow. And in their first couple of games, they led, like, the space covered, guys running all over the field, by, like, an insane margin, and they won those two games by a score of, like, 10 to nothing. That is to say, they didn't need to keep running like that, and they still did. Hey, the game's over. <laughs> just I'm still, I, still I got running. a lot of juice still in me. <laughs> I think that uh, that Geico commercial where the guy slides for about a minute and yeah. a half. Yeah, he's rushing. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's the DVE Morning Show. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford, Val Porter, and you know the Pirates. Sure, things aren't great, but every once in a while, things bring me joy. One of the things that brings me joy is the Buckos post game interviews with Cervelli. First game in a couple weeks, a double, a run, a walk, a stolen base, just another day in the office for Francisco Cervelli. How tough is it to be out and how nice is it to be back? Well, this is the love of my life. Uh, every time I'm here, I feel the luckiest man in the world. And I got a stolen base today. <laughs> I, I gotta get rid of it. I got a stolen base today. I got the stolen base today. How'd you do today? I got a stolen the base. <laughs> it's like the guy, the lead singer of the Chuck E. Cheese band came to life. Where does that rank in moments, big moments in your career, stolen base? Well, I'm one of the leaders in the team. Ha <laughs> Hey, Pascal. <laughs> Everybody stinks on this team. <laughs> I have one stolen the base, <laughs> and I'm uh, already at the top of the stolen the bases. When you look at it, how do you get acclimated? You didn't catch in your rehab assignment. How did you look so comfortable this afternoon? I don't know. I just, I got an easy guy to catch. Hey. He helped me a lot. And uh, I try to be as quiet as possible and do everything I can uh, just to win the game. The King Gummy is an easy guy. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, be quiet. <laughs> and uh, everything will uh, be okay. How about when you look at Kingham? He threw six innings. The only time he had multiple runners on base was the sixth inning, and he had it with no outs, and he got out of it. What made him good? Well, that's when you see uh, when the guys are good, when they got a lot of problems and bases, and they can get out of there with uh, just very clean. So we got, a, we got a good group of guys here, man. Uh, that's all right, because the, the best way to know they are good is when they're bad. <laughs> if they're bad the first, then you know they are good. We got a lot of good guys. <laughs> I got the stolen the base. So you come back, the Pirates win. Coincidence? No. Oh, why not? Oh, because we like to win too. You know, yeah. it, what a do lot we, of people uh, think that we come here every day to lose a game, and it's not no. true. Uh, I don't think people think that. Game. It's hard game. Uh, we're gonna put more effort to win games, and then I hope you guys can come. Now I have to. Excuse me, I have to go to the airport and pick up my relatives. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say Airfoot? I'm going to, to fly out uh, for the Airfoot. Oh, I think it, you're saying it a little different. By the way, my favorite, this is my second favorite no on the show in two weeks. The first one was Rick Seaback's no. No. And the second one <laughs> is now uh, uh, Cervelli's no. 
No. No. No. No. Hold on. Question mark? No. <laughs> How is this going to turn out? Rick's is a stop sign. No. 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 Whereas no. Cervelli's is a bit of a yield. No. No. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Francisco Cervelli is a way cuter Tom Sizemore. Uh, yeah. I he mean, looks like Tom Sizemore better looking. Yeah. Like if if Tom Sizemore never did drugs. Right. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Well, I mean, we know that's... But Tom Sizemore did all the drugs. drugs. No. No. Like uh, the Beatles at the airport. DVE. Yeah, Revolution. DVE. Val's got your news coming up next. What do you got, Valerie? Well, uh, more parents are getting high with their kids, and uh, the gypsies are pissed off at the Mount Lebanon Police Department. No. No. Well done. Uh, also, uh, we got Gene Collier talking about the birthday of the Steelers. Yesterday was the birthday of the Steelers. What was it like? Uh, the, what was it the 84th? 85? 85. 85. And how did they get to this point? Where did it all begin? Gene Collier will remind us of that. Hawkeyes, earlier I said they're part of Deutschland. I misspoke. They're playing with Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors out at South Park. It's part of the Allegheny County Summer Concert Series this Friday night. They're going to play a special Monday edition of the Coffee House today. I'm going to be playing with Jim Donovan. Nice. Uh, oh, awesome. And the Sun King Warriors out at South Park this Friday. And that is, uh, of course, that shows in honor of uh, our friend Mike Steele, who passed away last week. Uh, long time. Uh, member of the DVE family. So uh, we're going to remember Mike with uh, Michelle Michaels before she takes the air today. She's going to join us here on the morning show uh, to pay tribute to uh, to Mike, who was a just a, an enormous presence here at DVE and a huge help to all of us here on the DVE morning show. Val's got news next. The The gypsies are pissed, as you heard. So. Yes, they're not happy. Right. Well, they must really hate Stevie Nicks. It's uh, not as bad to take Zantac as it is like they say you should take like the Prevacid or like the other ones. I don't know. I'm every a, day, like the heavier duty uh, class of those drugs is yeah. the ones you should not use as maintenance. You you get yeah, them and they're like use for two weeks and then ask your doctor. And then I always said, then why did you sell them in an eighty-five pack? Right. <laughs> and why is all the onus on me? Ask your doctor about Prevacid. Yeah. I don't want to ask my doctor. Why does my doctor tell me about Prevacid? Yeah, exactly. Does my doctor know about Prevacid? Why do I have to know about it? You've got to cut out the middleman here. Have you heard about Prevacid? No, what is it? You're my doctor. <laughs> How do you not know about Prevacid? Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Coming Show. Coming back from the 4th of July uh, holiday break and... Uh, some of us maybe a little dyspeptic, maybe needing a little Zantac. A little, uh, how's the GERD? The GERD is okay? It's okay today. Keep, keeping the GERD in check is an important thing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I know. Because... Even though it was only a week. How's Tim doing? I don't know why. How old is he now? <laughs> I'm taking that as a good sign. Because if you're like, you guys again, and it had been a week, right? then, I, then we might be wearing uh, our welcome too thin. But... You know, it be- seems like Comedy Fest was months ago. Oh, it was like ten days ago. I well, I, I can't speak for Bill, but um, I I felt like I didn't sleep for a month in the yeah. course of three days. <laughs> yeah, and I and Me I did too. try to sleep. I got a, you know sleep in, but boy, that was so much comedy and so much fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed that whole weekend so much that I just still would like. 
a moment will pop up from it where I'll be like, oh my God, that was so awesome. That was funny. You know, or just like the, the you know, the doing the second day of show. By the way, thank you for coming to the second day of the shows. <laughs> like you, you came straight from a remote or something. Yeah. I'm like, pal, go home, please. You, you weren't at Bert's, the Burt cast, were you? No, I, I went for uh, Doug Benson. Yeah, I saw you at yeah. Doug Benson, but um, I wasn't sure if you yeah, did Yeah, I didn't make it for Burt. Good Lord. That was just a long couple of days. But it was yeah. so fun. I can't wait to so do it next fun. year. And I'm, I'm I'm like thinking about, who can we get? How I can know, we do this? Oh, I know, me too. I have, I have some ideas. It's, it really, really it, has become a party we're throwing ourselves now. Yeah. <laughs> no question. I feel like every year one of the middle comics that I've never seen before just blows me away. I loved Rory Scovel. Oh, my God. I knew you would. I, he was probably what, what the comic that I was most excited about. Me too. Uh, yeah, I've never seen him before, and and he he was he blew me away. Yeah, he hasn't been here much. He said he did the Hard Rock, which yeah. is just ridiculous, but not not a great, not the best comedy venue, right? Um, and he's just so much bigger than it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, and I love the Hard place Rock. I imagine but I'm just saying, comedy. Yeah, yeah. Not not did a I great. Clean that place up all right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the Hard Rock. Right, rock and roll, but not the comedy of rock. He, um, <laughs> when we were putting it together, Bill's like, "Dude, we got to get Rory." And my thought was, "Well, I love Rory, but if I put four comics on there that <laughs> I love, we're gonna get, we're gonna sell two hundred tickets." Because you know, I, I, a lot of times I tend to like the more avant-garde stuff, like right, you know, off the, the beaten path, a little bit more absurd. Yeah, and so I wasn't sure if that. Oh my God, his set! I still, I'm like, I'm <laughs> reciting his set still. I think the first five minutes of his set was about pooping, about having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you're wiping and you're wiping and you're wiping, and you're like, "What am I eating? Like, what am I eating?" At some point, you're like, "I gotta call it. I just gotta call it. I don't live in this room. I don't live my in this room." Was my favorite. Is outside this room. I don't live in this room. I have a life outside of this room. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah, but we recapped the show last Monday when you weren't here. You were doing the afternoons, and uh, we were all <laughs> just dying. And he was so funny, and we had a great weekend. And thanks again to Bert and Sarah who did oh, yeah. four straight shows. Oh my god! And I think yeah, you know when Iron we Man. put Bert and and Brad at the top of that list, those guys sold the show out instantly. Yeah. So then. You know, people like Sarah and Rory get to go have fun, and it's it's kind it's it's not like we're breaking those comics in this market, but we it's are introducing a lot of our listeners to to those people. I mean, Sarah's only and been I here once, that. right? Mm-hmm. And you had a great set too, Bill. Oh, thank you, Val. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I I awesome. love the the uh, the crowds at, at the DVE Comedy Fest are just so good, hot. And it was funny because we kept we. We were talking about it after the show. All the comics were like, Bert was like, com not complaining, but he was like, you know, I got on stage the time the show was supposed to be over. And I was like, yeah, I know, but that's, you know, that's everybody wants to spend a little extra time with a crowd that hot. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't fall off for anybody. No. Bert went 30 minutes over the scheduled time he was supposed to do. That is true. He was only supposed to do 40 minutes. He did an hour and 10. God, did he? He, he yeah. was so funny. It didn't funny. seem like oh it. Oh, my God. He was funny. Right. So, uh, great night. His stories about his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just, I love Bert, man.
So you can check it out all at dve.com if you missed it. We've got video reviews of the actual Comedy Fest and also some clips from the Arcade Comedy Theater and uh, Day 2, the podcast stage at the Rex Theater. And uh, thanks again to everybody who uh, who came out to that. And uh, it all uh, portions of the, por- the proceeds from both days went to It's About the Warrior Foundation. All right. Val's got news for you right now. What's going on, Valerie? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Weather Center 11. It's 60 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. Tens of millions of accounts are being suspended by Twitter. According to the Washington Post, the company has pulled the plug on more than a million accounts every day for the last few months after coming under fire for not doing enough to prevent incorrect information from being posted. Lawmakers have had strong words to say about Twitter and Facebook with claims the companies have been turning a blind eye to misinformation on their platforms. Twitter says it has spent the last couple of months suspending more than 70 million accounts as a result. That's probably a fraction of the fake accounts that are oh, out there. Yeah, yeah probably. Definitely. I, I don't know why they haven't done this sooner. I guess because they, you know, they weren't. Uh, their back Called wasn't it. against yeah. the wall, and they weren't forced to. But you know that that that's they have to take a more proactive approach in this because it's like there's the, the amount of bots and fake accounts that are just like troll troll farms that are just allowed to post stuff all the time, and you just. You ever see something where you're like, I don't know if that's a real person. Right. I, that's probably not a real They're person. They're pretty good at, at uh, uh, making you think that it, it is a real person now, though. They've got the algorithm down. It knows how many times to tweet, how many people to tweet at. It gets followers. Other bots follow it. They have like... It's amazing what they're able to do with those those bot accounts. Uh, also, Twitter really needs to make Mar- Mark Madden stop uh, tweeting about the pirates so much. Like he should be like limited to three a day. Yeah, <laughs> about three anti pirates tweets a day. There should be like a Twitter bartender that cuts him off. Yes. Hey man, you 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 can't anymore. Yes. You you've hit your limit. Yeah, you're gonna have to go on Pinterest for a while and just chill out. <laughs> Look up some recipes. I would love to see Mark Madden's Pinterest account. Oh, yeah. dude, what's it would, that board look like? It. it Chicken wings, Coors Lights, <laughs> <laughs> the menu from uh, Pittsburgh State Company, basically. <laughs> uh, local police department apologizing for using the word gypsy <laughs> in a crime alert. Apparently, the gypsies are not happy about it. Okay, but you can't uh, say gypsy. News. Like, saying gypsy at all is the bad thing. Yeah. So you can't say the gypsies are mad about it. That's well, like, you know, like, I'm mad at you for the word okay, Jew. The, the, the Jews what? are really the, bad. The vagabonds. But what, what, who what? are the gypsies? All right, is so it a, I looked this up because I Because you didn't know either. No, I don't. I didn't know I what it was. I thought the it was are. like carnies. So, yes, that's what I thought. Carnies. I, so in order for this to offend people, there has to be an actual group of people that, to whom this refers. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. The Gypsy Heritage Foundation. Right. Well, no. So, Gypsy is the Roma people, all right? Which is not- Is that Romanian? No, not from Rome. Not, no, no, no. Yeah, Romanian. it's like an Indian sect of people, apparently, Wait, who what? were at one time uh, denigrated by being uh, labeled as f- being from Egypt, which I guess which a, was a huge slur. So, they would like call them like Gypt. Like G Y P T, like mm-hmm. gypsies. All right, and they're like, "No, we're the Roma people. We're our own identity." They're like, "Way low in the cast." This okay. is just from a quick like Wikipedia search of this last night after Chief Louth had to do all that. Great guy, by the way, and uh, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Special Olympics. And I'm sure he definitely meant no offense to anybody. But I was trying to figure out, well, who is actually offended by this? And it turns out that's 
where the origin of the slur comes from. Now, that means there must be people here. Who are Roma. Roma Roma people. people. Yes. Roma people sounds like not real, though. Like the next Thor? (laughs) Yeah. Well, you wouldn't they're call the them people. people. No, Rome. The, the Ro- they're not Romanians. Rome, Rome, Romas, I guess. Romas. I mean, uh, Roombas. I, I'm all for not offending people where applicable, you know. Uh, and just because I didn't know it was offending a bunch of people doesn't mean that it wasn't offensive. So I wanted to see who it was offending, and I still had a hard time kind of nailing it all out. down. But I think that's what it was. But certainly he would have not meant anything by that. Well, the Mount Lebanon Police Department sent out an alert Saturday about a series of home improvement scams and distraction burglaries, calling them gypsy-type crimes. Uh, They then released a statement on their Facebook page apologizing the statement reading, On Saturday, we generated a Lebo alert and social media post to advise the community about a rash of crimes directly affected Several of our residents, these incidents involved what was described as a white pickup truck with Virginia license plates and multiple actors engaged in home improvement scams and distraction-style burglaries. As a result of the alerts, we received numerous tips and sightings of the suspects that will hopefully lead us to their identification and eventual prosecution for the crime, uh, crimes committed. The sole intention of the Lebo alert and social media post was to share information with our residents However, wording was used to describe the style of criminal activity that may have been considered offensive. The yeah. Lebo alert is when they put a huge thing in the sky. It's like a, a you know lit up like a bat uh, signal. Like, yeah, it's Jim Leland's face. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when uh, Lebo man comes. They said and that's Kurt Angle. Uh, we sincerely apologize <laughs> to anyone who may have been negatively affected by this description we used. This might have nothing to do with that, but somebody knocked on my door the other day and was asking to see my electric bill. They're like, hey, can I let me see your electric bill? I want to. There's a we're a, an energy company and we want to help. You know, you save some money. And I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like shocked. They were like, get get me your energy bill. I was like, no, get out get out of here. They were like, well, we want to help you out. And I go, I don't do business like this. I can't believe any company sends people door to door anymore. No. That's how you do it. You give them the no. Rick Seaback no. You don't give them the Cervelli no. 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 Because that means no. Like, no. That no. leaves room. No. So could no. be a yes. No. Could be a yes. You don't no. know. Give them the stop sign. Keep asking and it could be a yes. Not the yield. No. 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 Maybe. No. Okay. Here it is. Oh, gosh. Oh, you've got me saying the yes. <laughs> you tricked me again. No. No. Will I save some money? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, thank everybody for coming out. Wish them all a good day. <laughs> Happy Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I wish we could get him saying happy every day of the week. Happy Monday. <laughs> Can we get on that? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyways, I, here's the thing. I don't think anybody should get super upset about this because here's what I think probably happened. He said, gypsies, someone sent an email and said, hey, just so you know, that might be interpreted as offensive by some people, and here's why. And then the the chief said, hey, wasn't trying to offend anybody. That could have been as little of a ripple as this actually made. But then by there being a story. A statement. Yeah. All of a sudden, people go, the cops shouldn't have to apologize to the 
flipping gypsies, and then what? everyone gets mad. But when there was never really anybody super mad about this it to begin with, she's probably going to upset some interlopers. I mean, let's be honest. Who did you think gypsies were? Uh, prior to you, like the people in Russet Root, and uh, <laughs> no, I thought gypsies. A lot of tambourines, right? Yeah. And yes. a lot of silk tassel, clothing, right? Yeah, sheer. A couple of hot chicks that probably had venereal diseases. <laughs> Not okay. a lot of showering. This might be a very sort of like growing up in the 70s picture of what gypsies were. Maybe I've got it wrong. Again, I don't know. It might be a huge swath of people. There may have been marches being planned had they not made this statement. But I don't think so. I bet it was literally like someone emailed and said, hey, maybe you want to, you know, ixnay on the ipsy J." <laughs> <laughs> You're going to well, piss off a lot of people that don't speak Pig Latin anymore. Okay, happy Sunday. <laughs> That's just what he should have said. Happy Sunday. Yes. Uh, we're all pretty much creatures of habit, and uh, we just go to the same places over and over and over. Researchers looked at 40,000 people, 40,000 all over the world, and found that regardless of who you are and where you live, you only go to 25 places on a regular basis. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. They usually include work. The same restaurants, the same stores, yes, yes. the gym, yep, other yep. people's houses. Uh-huh. Sometimes you'll go somewhere new, but most of the time you just go to the same places all the time. The risk is getting to be too great right? to go somewhere new. Especially restaurants. Uh, Yeah, you don't want to get... Especially an expensive restaurant. And then you just want to call it halfway through the dinner. Yeah. Oh, this sucks. I always figure if I can make it at home, I don't need to go out. I I had lunch at a restaurant that took an hour and 20 minutes the other day. My brother and uh, sister-in-law and I were just sitting there. And it was a beautiful, like we were down on the lake, but still like- Were you outside? I was up in here, yeah. And we just sat there and I'm like, this is, it's beautiful outside, but where the F? Like how, <laughs> we ordered like sandwiches, like, you know, like a deli sandwich. Right. Not, it should take like two minutes. Yeah. It's like, we're, hey, we're just going to go kill the elephant for you and we'll be right back. You had an elephant sandwich? <laughs> no, but that's what I mean. It wasn't anything complicated like that. It's an elephant deli sandwich. And These were ham and cheese sandwiches type stuff. And it just took forever. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. Like going and getting bad food, I feel like is a, yeah. It's, it's a, a risk gamble. of maybe trying something new. Yeah. But like the service, waiting around forever. Are you going to make us visit with one another? <laughs> Good Lord. We went to uh, to Franklin this weekend to visit Serena's mom. Yeah, I thought about you. Uh, did like, you see the Val's Long John Silver's? No, I didn't. It's out of business. Yeah. Oh. But, but the sign is still there. Listen, the building is probably still there, <laughs> yeah. too. There yeah. was four antique shops in one block. Well, there's a lot of old stuff <laughs> up there. Like, <laughs> that's what people... Antique shoppers is stuff that you guys just didn't sell. My, yeah. my... Antique shop slash we didn't want to move, so we just put... <laughs> Buy this, the stuff from us up front. This I was in college when my dad said this to a friend of mine, and this friend always reminds me. He said, "Your dad said to me once, a lot of history here, not much future." Oh, it's a great line. Oh no! <laughs> so that probably explains the <laughs> yeah. four antique shops in one block. That's we awesome. went to this restaurant, and one of uh, one of the kids, one of uh, my little nephews, was like, ordered a pizza, and all our food came out. And people ordered everything across the board. Burgers, salmon, pasta, salads, everything. They were like, we, uh, we're we sorry that the pizza isn't ready. It came out. It was undercooked. We're going to bring it back out. 
bring out this pizza. It is a microwave pizza <laughs> that is the one of those cir- circular ones yeah. that you just like they come on put the silver on the gray yeah. put on silver the side. Foil, uh, <laughs> the little like, foil stage they give you. How long did this take? What uh, this is this is unacceptable. <laughs> it was tiny. Where did you go in Franklin pe- that you could get such a wide array of foods? I don't want to say never... the name now. I don't know. I don't remember the name. How about I, was it in downtown Franklin? Yeah. Okay. Is it that? There's it's like a big deli on the corner. It could be. No, Not deli, there like was a, like an outside was it area next to the park. Yes. Okay, that place. When I was a kid, it was like a little diner. And it was my grandfather used to take me there for chocolate milk after church every Sunday. Really? And Wait, my dad did... called it the gag and puke. <laughs> <laughs> so you go in the gag and puke? <laughs> Dude, your dad was like a character in like those 80s oh. like high school football movies. <laughs> I know. I feel uh, like you're a lot of history funny. here. Not much future, kid. Come on, I'll take you to the gag and puke. Good game. Like her dad was like W.C. Fields. He was just... You're Walk thinking of a, a different stogie. place. Which place was I at? Because um, I swear I had a chocolate milk there. No, you 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 were across from the courthouse. Yes, I was. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that place. Oh, it was nice. It was, yeah, I was they have good food. Very Both impressive. those places have good food. How nice that was in Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> One of the cool things that they do there, and I don't know if they do this everywhere, but um, in the parks, my kids found like uh, people paint these stones. Yeah, that's... Different things on stones, and then on the back it says Franklin PA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they're hidden everywhere. So oh, the, the kids... Gypsies hide them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids were like on a scavenger hunt for an hour and a half in this park, which was good because there wasn't swings or slide or anything like that. <sighs> no. And if there would have been, you know, that would have that those rocks would have been um, permanently hidden. Uh, they did used to have the stone skipping world championships in Franklin. Get out! Wow. So I'm did, not sure if they still do or not. Well, a lot of these stones the that were painted were perfect uh, skippers. Well, there you go. <laughs> Forecast today, sunny mid-80s, it's 62 at DVE. All right, Mike Pursuit is coming in with your sports when we return. Gene Collier helps us celebrate the birthday of the Steelers. That'll be at 8.15. Also, the Hawkeyes performing live for you in the 9 o'clock hour in the Primanti's DVE Copyhouse Point Park University stage. Michelle Michaels was uh, is going to pop in early and hang with us in the 9 o'clock hour, too, to remember our friend Mike Steele, who passed away last week. Uh, and you've no doubt heard about that by now. And it was a real shock to the system, a shock to all of us here. Uh, and Michelle, uh, she, she can speak firsthand and help us relate to you what an important part of everything that happened here at DVE Mike was. And uh, we relied on that guy a whole lot. And uh, he didn't get nearly enough praise or uh, um, acknowledgement for just how much of a pillar of this place he he actually was. So we'll talk with Michelle about that coming up. Mike, once again, tells you about the uh, the state of the Buckos right now, which is kind of eh, eh, not so great. Sports coming up next on DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Despite all appearances to the contrary of late, the Pirates are trying to win Francisco Cervelli. Confirmed that yesterday. Uh, Cervelli quoted by the AP thusly yesterday, quote, we like to win. A lot of people think we come here every day to lose a game, and that's not true. This baseball game is a hard game. We're going to put in the effort to win more games. Hey, all right. Thought you should have done it in his accent, Mike. You missed a chance there. I'm uh, I'm not good on that kind of accent. No. If you went to the game 
or any game recently, if you went Friday night, for example, you'd, you'd understandably be confused about that trying the win part because uh, Friday's loss to the Phillies was uh, about as unprofessional as I've seen in a long, long time. At one point, Smoker was... part of both teams. Smoker was getting lit up, and Sears goes out there and talks to him, and he's like patting him on the shoulder, and you could tell he just said to him, hey, uh, you're hot garbage tonight. But I hope you're hungry, son, because you're going to eat a lot of innings. So uh, keep throwing that poop suit. Just try to do your best because <laughs> we're not bringing anyone else in. Yeah, that four and, and a half. We conceded uh, this one. That four and a half hour marathon was the longest nine inning game in pirate history. Four and a half hour nine inning game. I went to the game, left after the sixth inning, got stuck in traffic. Did your taxes. Because of a construction thing and still got home before it was over and i live about 40 Yikes. minutes away yeah they, not a good product there friday night but you know the philly fans showed up and the attendance numbers were huge over the weekend so i'm wondering was that really just a boon from the philly fans making the trek across the state or are people back into going to the buckos games because those they were near thirty thousand each game right uh, just 19 yesterday. Well, that's near 30. 19-542 for what uh, became a 4-1 to win over the Phillies and a much better effort finally by the Pirates who stopped uh, or snapped, excuse me, their five-game losing streak. Nick Kingham went six innings, allowed four hits, one run that was earned, a walk, and five Ks. He also had a two-run double in the Pirates' three-run fourth, and that gave uh, Greg Brown a chance to Blather on again about uh, how he doesn't want the DH in the National League. <laughs> You're going to turn your ire towards Brownie now? Yeah, I get it, Greg. Yeah, you don't want the DH. I get it. I'm I'm clear on that. You, you can stop now. Leave Brownie alone. None of this is his fault. He has to make... He's got to talk about something. Whose fault is it? Well, Neil Huntington said uh, yesterday it's his fault. 41 and 48 is uh, where the Pirates stand after yesterday's win. That's uh, a little bit below what the Pirates were expecting. Huntington saying a lot to reporters yesterday among the highlights. Quote, we entered the season with the optimistic belief that we had those traits of teams projected to win 78 to 82 games and could exceed that and be one of the teams that was in the postseason battle. The Pirates are not that. Uh, why not, says Huntington. Quote, this is on me. This is the club I put together, this is a club our staff put together. I believe in our coaches. I believe in the message they're giving, the information they're giving to our players. But we're where we are. It's real. And uh, that uh, a foreboding type of statement, uh, Huntington uh, seemingly greasing the track for uh, sending some guys out of town after the Pirates get through this week. They've got three against Washington starting tonight. And then five against Milwaukee, and uh, four and four in the word in the uh, words of Huntington uh, isn't going to do them much good. So hey, maybe they'll win eight straight, and uh, hmm. all of a sudden be back in contention. Maybe not. Players are just playing well to pick me, pick me. I want to go. I want to go. They're uh, confounding in uh, not only their their maddening inconsistency but in the way they go about losing when they lose it's just uh i think you said last hour Randall, the optics are horrible well i there are the people arguing that they are just getting a bad break one way or the other are the analytics uh folks and the pirates of course make a lot of decisions 
they're analytics based a lot of the time. I always thought Clint Hurdle was the one guy that would use like the nice combination of like uh, gut and uh, leaning on the analytics when necessary. Gutalytics. When you saw Tyone being yanked because of analytics the other day, you know, I thought that might have been one where he said, ah, you know what? And I think the kid gets through it the third time this time. but uh, And maybe that helps push him out of whatever mental rut yeah. he had been in. But to your point, you know, Jameson Tyon needs to be a little bit more of a pro in that scenario. Yeah, he, he talked about that afterward. He was trying to be careful, or so it seemed. He didn't, you know, blast them for taking him out. But he talked about, hey, I'd like to be a guy they trust in that situation. I, I have to talk to Clint and find out why that's not the case. But he also talked about seeing somebody warming up in the bullpen when uh, there was nobody on base and that affecting him. And that just cannot happen. I mean, right. that's he's way out of his lane there. His job is to take the ball when they give it to him and throw strikes and pitch well and win games. And whatever happens around him, what's going on in the bullpen, the defensive shifts, any, that is not the starting pitcher's concern. And maybe that's why he's underachieving this year because his focus is maybe yeah. not, I'd, not where it needs to be. Uh, potentially, but uh, I think they but have... not that he is, alo- you know, join the crowd yeah, in that regard. I mean, I'm not, ah. tr- I'm not trying to single him out, but that incident uh, seemed to have a lot of buzz over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I would have preferred. It's it's a going nowhere season. I would have preferred. Right. If you're going to lose, leave the guy in there. Leave that, your guy that, that in you there. want to be your horse and see if he can get out of it. You've just blown a two nothing lead. There's a runner on third. See if he can get out of the inning and keep the game tied. Because we've seen the bullpen blow it before. So and many you got times. Got to see him blow it again. Didn't need to see that again. Um, one of those years for the Pirates uh, again. Unfortunately, Washington's in town tonight. Felipe Vasquez going to the All Star Game uh, that announced yesterday as the NL and AL rosters were revealed. Three and two with a three point three eight ERA, eighteen saves out of twenty two. Four blown saves in the first half. Somebody got to represent yeah, they the Pirates. Got to, they got to send someone. What do you think about that rule? That one player from each team yeah. has to go. Got to have it. Yeah. Why? I think it's a good rule. Because I don't want to see 17 Yankees against 16 Dodgers. Not that I care about the All-Star game. Um, but, I, you know, it's it's a league thing. In theory. It's a, lot of, it's it's a, a league fan presentation. Thing. Right. I don't, I'm not real big thing. on the fans voting for it. but Don't they only get an incremental say? Yeah, it's like weighted, right? Isn't that how that works? Am I mistaken? In theory, who's who's doing the counting? The, you know, <laughs> you never actually see the numbers. It's kind of like the, a well, the player. You're not trying right. to they just tell this you this guy got rigged, this many right. votes. And... Yeah. Who, who are we to say it didn't happen yeah. that way? World Cup is uh, down to the final four. It's going to be uh, France oh, oh, against Belgium on Tuesday and Croatia against England on Wednesday. That's the battle for the French fry right there because the Belgians have invented it, but the French got the name on it. So these 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 two uh, teams have hated each other a long time, Mike. A lot of bad, yeah, lot of bad I, oil there. You know, France keeps, <laughs> France keeps going forward. The, the French have not retreated yet as far as I can tell in this tournament. No. World War II joke. Do we have a ding? Uh, Do we have a World War II ding? For character. We need to get like a Winston Churchill going, yes, or something like that for every time Mike makes a World War there II. There it is. Yes. Precisely. The uh, French and Belgium teams, according to the Associated Press, worked out in Moscow yesterday before heading to St. Petersburg for the game on Tuesday. Uh, by the time uh, the winner returns to Moscow again for the final, 
Uh, France would have uh, traveled uh, 1,300 miles in five days at that point, and Belgium would have traveled 1,700 miles in in five days at that point. As the AP points out, Russia is a big country. (laughs) Yeah. I almost wish... I'm glad Russia lost. I was openly rooting against them this whole time, and when they beat... Who did they beat that they weren't supposed to two games ago that pissed me off? I don't remember. (laughs) Pardon me. Was it Spain? I don't know. Anyways, if they would have advanced to the finals, it would have been fun to see how many people uh, for the opposing team would have uh, rolled out there with just wicked, severe, acute polonium poisoning. (laughs) Just faces melting off as they're... gray? Yeah. This is weird. And uh, according to Twitter, Alexander Ovechkin had the cup in Moscow yesterday. Gino was hanging out with the Croatians afterwards. He posted pictures with that, what's his name, the captain of the uh, Croatian team. Uh-oh. The little dude with the headband. After they beat Russia. Yeah. We better get him out of there. Yeah. That, Did he understand what he was doing there? Has he been heard heard from or seen since? Right. We might do, we have to put together another search and rescue mission. Yeah, they snuck him out once. They can do it again. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We gotta get Gino out again. The ultimate Kennywood experience. I'll explain to you how you could be going to Kennywood as a VIP with our own Bill Crawford. That now I want you to imagine going with a bunch of friends out to Key Bank Pavilion, Star Lake, as mm-hmm. many of us will call it. Fins to the left, and you are partying your cojones off, pounding. All kinds of brews. Land sharks. Just pounding land sharks. The Jimmy Buffett brew that Anheuser-Busch bought a long time ago. And uh, somebody somebody in your group is making up all them cocktails, uh, the fancy things, and there's fruit in them and whatever, and you're sitting in a kiddie pool. and uh, a grass skirt. Grass skirts. You're, you're finding places to pee, and you're having a good time, and then you go, okay. Time to get in It's there. already been a Herculean effort to this point. Let's go in and reap the benefits of all of our labors of getting out here and setting up this party by just relaxing and listening to the music. And from now on, our only headache should be a line at the bathroom and a line for beers. And hopefully those won't be too bad. And I'll time those out perfect because I'm a concert veteran. All right, let's go in. What the hell is what is this? It's a line. A line that keeps going. A line that has no form. A line that doesn't move. It's not so much a line as a crowd of people in front of the, what, four or five entrances on that. Each gate. Each gate has. Now, I think it was. uh, Actually, it might be more than that. If I'm not mistaken, it was. it, it seemed to be limited to the far... The west gate. Yes. Uh, which happens sometimes. That's always the gate I go in through. So, if you didn't see the story, the Jimmy Buffett concert this weekend was besieged by long lines, and many people did not make it in until well into the concert. Like, hours. Mm-hmm. They waited in line and probably missed you know, more than half, two-thirds of the concert, waiting to get in. A colossal F-up. Now, this has a lot of factors involved here. There's many reasons when this happens. It's not just a breakdown, usually, of the staff at the venue. No, it's everybody waiting till the last minute to go in. That's a big part of it. Uh, people not using the right entrance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when this goes on, there will be an entrance somewhere else at the venue 
where there is no line. For instance, the only time I ever saw Jimmy Buffett was the PNC Park show, which was what, 2004? Probably, yeah. Five, Sounds somewhere right. around there. And that show, there was a line to get in at the home plate entrance mm-hmm. that went for a mile. And people mm-hmm. were freaking oh, out. Yeah, I remember and then we just kind of said to one another, like, because uh, we had no blood in it. You know what I mean? We did not right. care. Like, well, if we don't get in, we don't get in. You know, let's go try another exit. And if that's crowded too, we'll go to beer and we'll get into the stadium eventually. And we walked around and there was no line. Walk right in the entrance underneath the Clemente statue. Wow. But because of group think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody stays in the same place sometimes. I'm not saying that's definitely what happened out there because I don't know. Um, But a lot of times that's part of it. I thought it was great that Neil Huntington took responsibility for it. (laughs) He's going to trade away all those fans. I thought those guys working the gates were going to be a lot better. (laughs) But how pissed would you be when you're drunk? Oh, And then you're waiting in line and you're losing your buzz and now you have to pee, but you can't lose your place in the line. And it's not really just a line. It's a crowd of people. So you can't just leave and then weasel your way back in. And who's going to believe you when you do try to get back in? The anxiety of that situation would be enough to drive me crazy. But I would think if you are a real fan, you'd have been in there before the start of the show. I disagree with that. Because if, if real, I go to a show and I'm real, like I really want to see the show, I'm not taking any chances. I'm in there. But you're also not a binge drinker, <laughs> and you really have to factor that in. But you can binge drink in there. Yeah, yeah, but not. It's not the same. And also, that's not as cheap. <laughs> the, the, look, people were. It wasn't like they all waited until the concert started. This is they all happened to go in 45 minutes before the show was going to start, and that line was there then. You know, if you're a fan of the music, if you see Jimmy Buffett a lot, it's not like the standard concert experience. The party is as much, as, it's weighted as much as anything. More so, so for some people. Right. And so missing a couple of notes is not a big deal when you've seen him 50 times. And if you're a vet, you think you can get in there at the last right. minute. Right. Sure. So... I don't know if there was something wrong with the venue. Sometimes, like, credit card machines go down, and that screws up the box office. The scanning equipment doesn't work, and that screws up everything at the gate. There's a myriad of reasons. folded up in your back pocket all day. But when it's, like, hot outside, and you've been partying all day, and you have to wait, oh, I just thought... Pee. That's the worst part, is you if you waited in that line for an hour... And you still got another half hour to go, <laughs> and, and you got to drinking all day, and then you have to figure out a way to pee. And like you said, and your buzz is wearing off, and you're angry. <laughs> and now fights are starting. Were there fights? No. Oh, now, but I'm sure people were getting a little bit anxious in line there. We were at a birthday party yesterday, and a bunch of the people that were there were all hung over because their whole like neighborhood area rented a bus nice to go to to go to the buffett concert and they were like banged up and none of them mentioned anything about getting in so i used to do that all the time what rent a bus no the buffett show oh um probably nine or ten times give or take yeah and uh the last one i ever went to was the pnc park show you referenced a minute ago yeah uh that was a bleep show it was a thousand and eight degrees really hot the people were passed out everywhere the cluster yeah in to get in and then yeah people were puking 
bumping into each other, spilling crap on each other, and passing out on top of each other all over the <laughs> place. Yeah, there, there's so just people fun. on the ground. It was so hot. And the sound was crappy. Yeah. It was... And I was like, you know what? I think I've done this for the last time. It was fun while it lasted. Next. I just remember Sonny Landreth, I think, was his guitarist for that one, and he was killer. And I remember thinking, like, man, that guitar player is such a badass. Like, God, that guy's great. But it wasn't enough to make me want to stay for the entire time, as as you said, because it was not a good place for a Jimmy Buffett show. Like, was, a ballpark is not a good place for a Jimmy Buffett show. It was bad show. on many levels. Yeah. But it wasn't as bad as what happened at Star Lake this weekend, or Key Bank Pavilion, whatever. During last night's show, some fans experienced longer than normal wait times. We apologize for the inconvenience and frustration this may have caused, and we'll may continue working hard to prevent situations like this from happening again in the future. Any fans who experience delays are encouraged to reach out to Ticketmaster <laughs> fan support. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that'll fix everything. Oh, man. 9 p.m. People were tweeting. Still outside. Oh. Whoa! How See, pissed that's would not you cool. be? Uh, other people uh, reported two and a half hour waits to get in. You got to rock adult diapers next time. <laughs> well, drink in line. We're making sure that doesn't happen to you at Kennywood. This Sunday, July 15th from 2 to 5 p.m. at Kennywood Park, you and a guest will join our own Bill Crawford That's and right. cut the lines. Nice. No lines. We'll be waiting around. Lines? We don't need no stinking lines. Like all those drunk parrot heads, you'll go right to the front with Bill Crawford. Cut the lines for the bumper car, swing shot, Phantom's Revenge, Exterminator, Pittsburgh Plunge, Thunderbolt, Racer, and Jackrabbit. After the rides, winners will enjoy a picnic lunch in the pavilion. Dude, this is like... This is fun. Look at you having a nice day. Um, <laughs> that's this Sunday, and you can go. We're going to take two winners right now. Be caller number 10. 333-WDBE, and you and a friend will be joining Bill for a VIP Cut the Line at Kennywood Day this Sunday. It's Call now. Awesome. Val's got news Can't next. Wait. What do you got? Uh, if you've rented out your house for Airbnb, expect that there was a lot of sex going on in there. Also, happy birthday to the Steelers. Gene Collier will remind us how this whole thing started. The advent of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The author of The Chief joins us at 815. Hawkeyes performing live in the coffee house after nine. And Randy, you said the other day you wanted to talk about all the beers and food things that rock stars have. There are, oh, yeah, like all of the endorsed yeah. items, like the Joe Perry hot sauce. There are too many. We could talk for like two hours about I know, it. but I wanted to find the funniest ones. I found like one Like the most list. inconsequential ones. Right. I, like the ones oh, like Joe Perry, I understand. But when the bass player from uh, Keel has his <laughs> own salsa. I Johnny think, Winter has screaming demon hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Winter's allowed to have hot sauce. Does, uh, does ACDC have hot sauce? Because they, every single one of their songs sounds like it could be a hot sauce. They have a lot of wines. They have several wines. <laughs> the title of every ACDC I song mean, pretty much. could be a hot Thunderstruck. sauce. Thunderstruck. <laughs> they have. Highway to hell. Back in black. Hell's bells. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Seriously. Giving the dog a bone? Thunderstruck? Big gun? <laughs> TNT? Shot down in flames. I mean, whole lot of rosy, big balls. Why whole not? Lot, whole lot of rose. Yeah, whole lot of rose. I think they might actually have. That. I, I actually think you're right about that. Big ball yay! <laughs> hey, congratulations 
to Anthony in Portage, PA. Anthony's going to be going to uh, Kennywood with you on Sunday. Anthony, let's do it. Skip the line with Bill Crawford this Sunday at Kennywood. Then get a nice picnic in the pavilion like them old Italian ladies back in the day. Oh. They take all their... Well, everybody had their own day. I mean, there was like Slovak Day. There was, you know, every nationality had oh, a yeah. day. But, Italian uh, Day was our day. Well, that's the day me and my family went. That's when you could go and take your picnic baskets and leave it there. No one would touch it. We would have these big bushels filled with goodies, including wine, homemade wine, covered. Nobody touched it. No one touched it. You could leave everything on the table. There was no problem. In those days, you didn't have that much money, so you'd go around to the different groves and see where people had picnic baskets and grab a sandwich and so and that way you can stay the rest of the day and wait for the dance to come on. I like that. That guy immediately contradicts yeah. what the other lady says. She's like, you could leave it. No one would touch it. Next guy's like, me and my dirt ball friends would go around <laughs> and steal sandwiches. Italian day was the best. They would leave their picnic baskets unattended. And then when it got dark. When... I remember clearly as a teenager, uh, when it started to get dark, we would go in the back of the pavilion and neck. <laughs> neck. We would just neck. neck. Where did neck that him. term come from, necking? Well, that's what it kind of looks like. You know, if you were looking at two people, like, sort of from a distance, it looks like they're just bumping necks. Joining necks? <laughs> yeah. Over there necking. Yeah, maybe you kiss the neck. <laughs> no. Francisco <laughs> Savelli. Happy neck day. <laughs> Cervelli, do you neck? No. 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 <laughs> no. No neck. Not for me. I still it the best. <laughs> First game in a couple weeks. A double, a run, a walk, a stolen base. Just another day in the office for Francisco Cervelli. How tough is it to be out? And how nice is it to be back? Uh, well, this is the love of my life. Uh, every time I'm here, yeah. feed the luckiest man in the world. And I got a stolen base today. Yeah. I got a stolen the best today. I stole the best. <laughs> no. No. Some people slap at the base. Mm. I stole at the base. <laughs> With Rick Seabacks, no, you can you can hear the head shake. Yeah. No. 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 Rick, like like I said, Rick Seabacks no. is a stop sign. No. And Cervelli's no. is a yield. No. No. Hold on. Maybe. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Seaback was a, a pissed off pen dot worker who's holding a stop sign out to you. <laughs> no. Stop. No. Mm -mm. All right, Valerie, what do you got? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Weather Center 11. It's 63 degrees now at DVEM Val Porter. It appears a fifth boy is now out of that flooded cave in Thailand. A number of news agencies reporting that divers brought that boy out earlier today. They rescued four boys yesterday, more than two weeks after 12 members of that soccer team and their coach got trapped in a popular cave complex in northern Thailand. So that was like a tourist destination i guess i totally missed this whole story too. on how they got in there and i was too embarrassed to ask yeah they were they were hiking and i think the the um the cave system got flooded okay so they weren't able to get out and they say if they don't get them out now it's going to be like september before because the, the the rainy season is starting so it'll and be flooded worse. Yeah. And I, they said all this morning, too, they're running out of oxygen, so they have to get them out. 
Disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein is expected to plead not guilty on new sex crime charges. He's being arraigned later today in Lower Manhattan. Earlier this month, the Manhattan DA's office filed a superseding indictment against Weinstein involving a third woman who's accusing him of predatory sexual assault and a forcible sex act against a woman in 2006. They are the first new charges filed against the 66-year-old since his arrest on rape and other charges in May. Weinstein could be looking at life behind bars if he found guilty. He has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing. An emotions hearing will be held Wednesday in downtown L.A. in Janice Dickinson's lawsuit against Bill Cosby. Former supermodel filed suit in May of 2015, claiming Cosby drugged and raped her while the two were together in Lake Tahoe in 1982. Dickinson alleges Cosby also defamed her by telling the media she made up the claim. And, uh, of course, a reminder, jurors last April found Cosby guilty of drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand at his Philly area home in 2004. He faces up to 30 years in prison. He's free on a million dollars bail until his sentencing. And Jamie Foxx off the hook for allegedly sexually assaulting a woman, TMZ is reporting. The Las Vegas Police Department has closed that case since the statute of limitations has run out. The alleged incident happened in 2002. Statute of limitations was just three years. According to TMZ, an unidentified woman accused the star of assaulting her 16 years ago at a party at his home when he tried to get her to perform oral sex. She claimed she refused and he then assaulted her. Uh, Jamie claims those allegations are an absurd lie. Yeah, that was a unique uh, assault allegation. Mm -hmm. A very specific one. Yes. Which we can't say on the air. No, we can't no, say we it. cannot. Stuntman Travis Pastrana is on top of the world after paying tribute to Evil Knievel with the special three-jump performance Sunday night in Las Vegas. His final attempt over the Caesars Palace Fountain was the same jump that nearly killed Knievel back in 1967. Knievel came up short in his attempt and crashed. He broke his left hip, right ankle, both hands and wrists, and crushed his pelvis. He was hospitalized in a coma for almost a month and never attempted the fountain again. Pastrana also pulled off the car jump and the bus jump while riding an Indian Scout FTR 750 motorcycle, which is the closest modern bike equivalent to Evil Knievel's. Uh, his Daredevil tribute was broadcast on the History Channel last night. That Evil Knievel fall is so terrifying to watch. He falls for like 150 feet. Because he just keeps going. Yeah. I had the evil Knievel Snake River Canyon set when I was a kid. Well, actually, my brothers did, but I inherited it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Did like you get the whole the set, or was there pieces figure. broken? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> no, well, I mean, it had been set on fire several times, like <laughs> yeah, everything. Of course. Well, well, I mean, I don't know why we had access to lighter fluid as much as we did, but we lit <laughs> a lot of stuff on fire, <laughs> and we would set him on fire and then send him, you know, over the yeah. Snake River Canyon little toy, the set piece of, and it was this really cool, like green. It was like a green canyon, two little mountains on the side, and mm -hmm. had a road that went through the middle. And you would try to like get it so that he would zoom right through the canyon without, and it would never do that. He'd smash the thing, and it would kind of a little bit melt <laughs> every time we did it. But it had snakes kind of careening all over the sides of it and everything. It was cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's awesome was this, that for the 70s it's so funny just he, his outfit is so badass <laughs> yeah the jumpsuit oh dude he was awesome 
Uh, readiness conference will be held tomorrow at the Los Angeles Criminal Courts building for the man accused of stealing Frances McDormand's Oscar from her table during the Post Academy Awards Governor's Ball. Terry Bryant pleaded not guilty to grand theft charges. He faces up to three years behind bars. McDormand reportedly doesn't want to see this guy prosecuted, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences technically owns the statuette and is listed on the police report as the victim. She won the Best Actress Oscar for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Elvis Costello canceling the remainder of his European tour on advice from his doctor following surgery on a malignant tumor. In a statement released over the weekend, Costello revealed about six weeks ago he had undergone surgery for a small but very aggressive cancerous malignancy that normally requires about four weeks recovery time. Uh, meanwhile, in more optimistic news, Costello says he and his band, The Imposters, have completed a new album and it is scheduled to arrive in October. Get well soon, Elvis. Yep. And finally, actor Stephen Baldwin celebrating his daughter Haley's engagement to Justin Bieber. The veteran actor, tweet, which if you can't remember him, this is the one with the bad teeth. Oh, was yes. he the one that he was, was in Slapshot? The second Slapshot? Or was that Daniel Baldwin? No, that was Stephen Baldwin. I was going to say, was Daniel Baldwin in a ton, of, like a ton of movies? I don't remember him in he anything. He was an Encino Man, right? Homicide. Yeah, Stephen was an Encino Man. Yes. Yep. He's the one that fights with his brother publicly. He's like yes, he's super super religious. Yes. Um, he tweeted, uh, he and his wife always pray for God's will and that Jesus is moving in the hearts of Justin and Haley. <laughs> he added the hashtag God's timing and praise Jesus. Hey, all right. The hey, two whatever. reportedly got engaged in the Bahamas over the weekend. There's a picture of Biebs just butt naked on a boat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Jesus is not moving. He's banging his daughter. Didn't wear that many clothes <laughs> either. All right. All right. Okay, but Jesus was not tatted up like that. Um, <laughs> He's got a real weird porn mustache going on right now, Justin Bieber. Oh, he, does he? Yeah, he looks like James Woods in Casino. Looks like he's going to go try to borrow money from Haley Baldwin. He might. Uh, Sunny mid-80s for the high today at 64 at DVE. Uh, The inimitable Gene Collier from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Pulitzer Prize losing columnist, joining us right now on the DVE Morning Show. Good morning, Gino. How are you? Hey, guys. How's everybody? Nice to hear you. Uh, Always a pleasure. Gene, Uh, Gene, it struck me yesterday as I heard news of it being the Steelers' 85th birthday that there's not a lot of pomp and or circumstance surrounding the celebra- the celebration of another year past of the Steelers organization. But I feel like it's something that needs to be revisited just because of how unique the scenario was that actually kicked off the uh, the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you're thinking, who do we know that's 85? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the stories around the beginning of the Steelers are, you know, all over the place, and really the majority of them are not true, uh, but that was the nature of the time, and more importantly, the nature of the chief, Hardman Sr., one of the great American characters of the 20th century, you know, had his hand in a lot of things, and uh, one of them, and uh, not one of the major ones, was this idea about pro football. He knew some people who were getting interested in it. You know, it had none of the allure or popularity of college football, but uh, some people thought it might be a good idea. George Halas, uh, the Bidwells, the Maras, uh, you know, he knew a lot of people. And they were 
they were getting into this, and, um, you know, he was somewhat interested. Um, they approached him about a team in Pittsburgh and, um, uh, I guess, Bert Bell about a team in Philadelphia. They thought that would be a good rivalry for the league. Um, and that that wound up happening. But how it happened uh, was uh, really uh, pretty interesting. The entrance fee... Um, for those guys, uh, George Hallis and the original founders, uh, the original the entrance fee to get into the NFL in 1933 was 2,500 dollars, which, as you recognize, is the parking fee for today. <laughs> um, and the chief said, you know, if I had argued about it, they'd have let me in for nothing. But that's that was the nominal fee, 2,500. Uh, so he was agreeable, uh, but he didn't have uh, any players, but. Um, the way he solved that problem was that his brother Jim had a football team in Johnstown, and his brother Jim happened to owe him five thousand dollars. <laughs> so the chief said to him, "How about I'll let you skate on that five thousand? Just give me that team." And that was the team that started in the NFL as hmm. what would become the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Pittsburgh Steelers were basically the Johnstown Steelers. Who weren't they named moved the Pirates? A uh, hundred miles. Yeah, they were some semi-pro team in Johnson that was owned by his brother, Jim. And uh, when they started in the NFL, they were actually the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they changed that name to some goofy names like the Hope Harveys. The Hope Harveys were, uh, had something to do with a fire company and something else, and then they were sponsored by the Majestic Radio Company, so they were the Majestic Radios also. <laughs> and then finally they were the Steelers. Uh, it's a whole thing. But, you know, the the most common misconceptions about how uh, the Chief got the Steelers was one was uh, that he won it in a poker game. Uh, according to the research we did for the Chief, that's, <clears throat> and all reliable research says that's not true, although he won a lot of stuff in a lot of poker games. The Steelers was not one of them. Uh, he did not actually win the team at the racetrack. That's the the, uh, the lore I'd always heard. He had a loot of money br- bringing it back from the racetrack. One, one big day. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What happened there was that happened actually four years after the Steelers got in the league in 1937. The Chiefs' main talent in life was as a handicapper and as a horse player. He was brilliant at it, um, and he did it all the time. He would go from track to track and, you know, bet the horses. And in one week in New York, Saratoga uh, and a couple other uh, New York tracks, I forget the names of them specifically, uh, the Saratoga was one of them. Empire City was another one. Um, and in one week, one week run in 1937, uh, he won, I believe, $380,000, uh, which in 1937 was, you know, incredible. And he actually took bags of money and put it on a train from New York and brought it back to Pittsburgh <laughs> and, and loaded it into the, the parlor of his mom's house on the north side. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. So, so despite uh, the popular uh, misconception that he won a bunch of money at a horse race and somehow used that to buy, purchase, and start the the, uh, the Steelers organization, uh, right. not really a lot of truth not to really. it. Not really. But what he said about that, and he and uh, Tom Atkins says in the in the Chief, he said it um, without that money, he, there's no way he would have been able to keep the, the Steelers going because. You know, it was a very costly 
uh, proposition trying to run this NFL team during the Depression. You know, making payroll to him was a big victory uh, every week or month, however, however it was uh, doled out at the time. But once he had those winnings, that really gave him, you know, uh, you know, the financial ability to not only maintain the franchise, but, uh, you know, be a real player in the league. Gene Collier, author of The Chief, and uh, along with Rob Zellers. When's the next time The Chief... I'm sorry, did I misspeak? No, no, you didn't. I'm glad you mentioned Rob Sellers, um, uh, with whom I uh, co-authored The Chief, and without whom, you know, it wouldn't have happened. It was his idea. Um, The Chief uh, does not have a a new date for, I I guess, what would be a ninth run at the Pittsburgh Public Theater, but we're always hopeful, and I know Tom Atkins would like to do it again. It was such a fun thing, and everyone was so nice to us about it. Thanks for mentioning it. I think you should do. Now, this is something that musicians are doing these days. They're doing these living room concerts. You should take the chief into people's homes, and you just really? put, you just put Tom Atkins in somebody's living room. Knock knock. It's the chief. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. How about your house to start, Randy? I'm fine with it. Let's, <laughs> let's do it there. Let's do it. 100 percent okay with that. How about Rocky Blyer? Is that going to pop up again? Yeah, I'm sure that'll pop up again. Rocky did it a couple times uh, in June at Notre Dame. That was a fun. Oh wow, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you yeah. go to those shows? I didn't see those shows, but he's he's negotiating with a number of people. I think, including the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, about some performances there. So uh, yeah, Rocky's doing uh, doing nicely with that, and he does a great job with that thing. Gina, last time I saw him, he gave all the credit to you. Oh well, he, he shouldn't have done that. But, uh, you know, well, you know, Rocky has such, you know, he has such a, a presence and he had um, so much experience as a public speaker and stuff. I knew that he could do that well, but I had no idea uh, that he would do it as well as he does. He reacts to the crowd so well and he, you know, he really becomes an actor in those moments. It's, it's amazing. It's uh, astounding to see what he does. Here. I see Rocky at the gym all the time. He's a monster. I mean, yeah, he, uh, for his age, it is amazing mm-hmm. what great shape he is. Uh, you know, and it strikes me that with yesterday being the Steelers' birthday, it was always Jack. It was also Jack Lambert's birthday. Oh, and maybe the next one-man show you can put together is the story of Jack Lambert, and get Jack and to just actually call it the just do it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he can just I'm, walk on stage and just stare at everybody until they <laughs> leave like Frankenstein. I bet he would be very receptive to such an idea. Yeah, the yeah, theater. I think I would get that very stare had I. <laughs> That idea. Yeah. <laughs> I do not want to be in that pitch meeting. <laughs> yeah, <that's okay. laughs> oh, God. Gene Collier, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Gino, thanks as always. Appreciate yeah. uh, you sharing your wealth of knowledge on all things. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks very much. Okay, man. Great we'll see stuff, you. Gene. Mike Pursuto with your sports. When we come back, Buckos, they get a, they salvage a W out of the series with the uh, the, the Phillies. And, boy, they, they brought a lot of fans here this weekend. As the visiting teams have been doing. <laughs> well, why not? We've got plenty of room. Yeah. Come on in. Maybe they should do the Chief during a Pirates game and get some people there. Like get a bigger crowd. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, the full report no. on that coming up. No. Okay. Ah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. No. No. Okay, I watch the play. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Okay. Well, thank everybody for coming out. Wish them all a good day. Happy Sunday. Yeah. We got to get him to do every day. Yeah. Happy Monday. Start the show with that. Is yeah. it Tuesday already? Maybe we can call that like Happy Wednesday. That'll be the name of your uh, cut the line at Kennywood contest. 
Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Kennywood. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with a sports update for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports this hour brought to you by Sports Clips. I'm going to leave with the World Cup this hour. Hey. Because why the hell not? Yeah. It's been a blast. I mean, really, one of the most fun months of sports uh, just because of the addition of the World Cup. It's it has been fun. I haven't riveting. seen a ton of it, but what I've seen I've really enjoyed. Uh, it's awesome. There was an incident in the, uh, I believe it was the France-Uruguay game where one team's guy was faking an injury, as they're wont to do. Yeah. But the other mm-hmm. team thought he was going over the top, even for, you know, faking Soccer. an injury, as accepted <laughs> yeah. as it is. And it was almost a fight. Because oh, yeah. you were faking too vociferously. Vociferous faking is... You can fake it, but, you know, keep it real. Uh, I think the play has mostly been outstanding. There's just been... It's been exciting. I get that people don't like soccer, but... Um, to me, it's there's a lot of what you like about hockey in there. Yeah, I, I think I told you this before. I would be more into it if I just had time to adopt another sport, mm-hmm. but I don't. But it's a great game. It's, yeah, uh, if people knew how to watch it intelligently and knew the players, it would be huge here. Just setting. I mean, it just it's a constant on the edge of your seat sport because you're always like anticipating. They're setting up for another run, and it's you know it's fun yeah. to watch. Corner kicks are pretty dramatic. There's no doubt about it. Also, if it wasn't on at eight o'clock on a Sunday, eight a.m. Right. Get on the pipers and enjoy the game. Like the penalty kick thing. Uh, you know what? I think that I know a lot of people are saying it should have gone to uh, you know sudden death, but penalty kicks are so exciting. Yeah. And there, P- there's and the, been the plenty pl- of sudden death in Russia. Yes, exactly. Don't need any more of that. Well, that goalie and the guy who missed the the third kick might experience a little sudden death. The the third PK he missed that kind of knocked them out. That was a thrilling end of the game, and the pressure on those guys in that moment. That's why it's it's not the same. I don't know. Like it, it's not the same thing as the shootouts in the regular season in hockey. When people are complaining about that, the pressure of that moment and what it boils down to, I think it's fitting. I think Madden is one of the guys that is, you know, kind of banging that drum against the people complaining about penalty kicks as a means of settling the World Cup games. I, I'm having been to several Penguin games that went forever. There's a point where it's diminishing returns, and it's right. It's not good for the sport. It's, it's not, not good the, for the true players. pure sport being played at a high level. It's Right, and you yeah, actually it's just, it degenerates into slappy, and you know, and it can have it the effect of diminishing the tournament going forward yes. if you wear those guys out. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, on Tuesday France against Belgium, and on Wednesday Croatia against England, and uh, England's goaltender Jordan Pickford uh, exited uh, the two nothing quarterfinal win over Sweden heavily uh, with his left hand heavily bandaged. He was injured, and it was his own doing. Uh, as he described it, a daft injury by myself. Uh, Those are the worst. Pickford explains. Doing the stranger uh, too long. (laughs) (laughs) Those big gloves. Can't sit on it that long, man. Uh, I went to punch the ground and ended up punching my knee and hurt my thumb. It was a bit of anger, but I'm a man, not a mouse. I'll be fine, and I'll live another day, won't I? I love how they quoted you know, a lot Cheerio. of people from England, they, they add that question at the end of a sentence. Won't I? Well, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Or, you know, 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of their dangling proposition thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. They quoted him accurately. How about the, the goalie Cup. from, was it well, man, Croatia against mouse. Russia, like during an extra time when <laughs> he just went down with an inexplicable hamstring injury? And everyone's like, oh, God. You know, like Kislyak or Putin had somebody with a blow dart behind him. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did he just, all of a sudden, he just kind of, ah, ah, out of cramp, nowhere. I'm cramping. Like, oh, that was a convenient time. Yeah. It's good stuff. I wish the hell we would have qualified. How do we not qualify yeah, that for been the nice. World Cup? Yeah, we're a mess. I don't know enough about it. I know Klinsman pissed a lot of people off, and that was the last thing I heard. I don't, I don't know. How can a country this big, this riveted to sports, not find 11 guys who can play soccer well? I don't know. It's crazy, though, because my, my brother and his, his son, they're way into it. And they know all the players, and they're able to, you know, they're like, oh, that's the goalie for Arsenal. Oh, yeah, that's that guy plays for West Ham or whatever. Right. Like, what? How do you know all those players? Well, people watch that Premier League. I mean, I get, like, Ronaldo and all that other stuff. They know a lot of them. This is kind of like the Olympics, like players go to their home country. The World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. Basically, I just re- root for the team with the hottest chicks to keep going as long as possible. Because <laughs> you get great crowd shots. That would have to be Brazil, traditionally, right? Yeah, but Neymar made me want to, you know, root against Brazil every time they are out there. That guy was the worst when it came to, like, embellishing. Did you see the video of all the little kids doing the Neymar? No. It- Saw this on Twitter. I wasn't on Twitter much the last two weeks either, thank God. But uh, it was a bunch of little kids somewhere, and each one had a soccer ball, and they were all kicking it for a while, and then they all went down at the same time. <laughs> That's crazy. They were rolling around the ground, grabbing their knees, grabbing their ankles, grabbing what they could grab. World Cup. It's funny because the people who are way into soccer hate when people just sort of adopt soccer for the World Cup and start talking about it and it drives them nuts. Like, there are people listening to this conversation who want to murder us right now and that's just not how you grow the sport. Let people get into it. I grew up playing. I played it all the way into, you know, high school and then played intramurals in college. Not at a high level, but, I, you know, I followed it. I was a referee when I was a kid. I loved the sport. It was a lot of fun. But eventually... a lot of yellow cards? I had yellow cards. I had red cards. I had the whole, the whole thing. I just give them to kids I didn't like from the neighborhood, you know? <laughs> they should, they should uh, adopt that with Major League Baseball. Give the umpire a yellow card. I like that. Guys are jawing. How many would they have gotten for the four-and-a-half-hour game Starting on Starting to get heated. Just Friday pull night. out a card and <laughs> stick it in somebody's face. Stop some cold. The yellow card is the, I'm yeah. going to do something yeah. next time card. You better oh, yeah. watch it. <laughs> what do you think of that? Pirates beat the Phillies 4-1 to one. yesterday. They salvaged one of three. On the weekend, snapped their five-game losing streak to 41-48, and 48, which is not what they had in mind. Neil Huntington uh, speaking to reporters uh, yesterday, as he is wont to do on Sundays, said that the projection was 78-82 uh, wins this year and maybe better than that if some guys overachieved uh, or exceeded expectations. Instead, that has not happened. Huntington takes responsibility for that. He also says that uh, this is... A big week coming up. The Nationals in town uh, for the first of three tonight and then five with Milwaukee over the weekend. Uh, as Huntington put it yesterday, quote, four and four doesn't do us much good. So if, uh, if the Bucks can't go six and two, seven and one, eight and oh, uh, expect some changes uh, after the All-Star break and approaching uh, the trade deadline. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez for Washington tonight against Yvonne Nova of the Buccos. Nova is uh, coming off uh, a record-setting performance. He gave up five home runs 
in five innings in an eight to three loss in Los Angeles his last time out. That's never happened. Five home runs. Felipe Vasquez is your Pirates All-Star representative. The uh, squads announced yesterday. Uh, Vasquez, 3-2 uh, and two this year with a 3.38 ERA. He recorded his 18th save in his 22nd chance yesterday against the Phillies. He does have 51 strikeouts in 37 in the third innings. He's been on more often than not, and when he's on, man, is he uh, electrifying. But uh, not always the case. Much like the Pirates this year. Hawkeyes are going to be performing live next hour in the Permanis DV Coffee House up on the Point Park University stage in anticipation of their performance this Friday night at the South Park uh, Allegheny County Summer Concert Series along with Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors. Uh, I'll That's be a great band that. name. Sun great. King Warriors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And also... We've got Michelle Michaels going to uh, come and hang out with us in the 9 o'clock hour. And remember our friend Mike Steele, who passed last week, a pivotal member here of the DVE family. And uh, it was a shock to all of us uh, when we got the news last week that, that Mike had passed away. And uh, he, he was an integral part of day-to-day operations here for so many years, and he will be missed. And Michelle will help us remember Mike coming up at 9. Val has news at the top of the hour. Valerie, what are you going to be talking about? We're going to talk about the most depressing solo meals single guys have ever made. Oh, oh dude, I got a lot of those. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the TVE morning show. And... Um, there's a brief yinzers in the news that we missed the other day. I just want to make sure that, you know, anytime you there know is one, I want to make sure that we're in the news. at least getting there. <laughs> you know, with all the flooding that happened last week, there was just a ton of news of people bailing out and realizing how bad things got. I believe this one was from Millvale, if I'm not mistaken. So. Businesses damaged by the rushing water. Gertie's run filling up and overflowing in a matter of minutes. I went to shave, and I looked at the shire, and it was all filling up. Oh, water. oh, oh that's a good one. That's a good one. I went to shave, and I looked at the shire, and it was all filling up. That's good. Isolate that one yeah. for me. The shire. The shire. Oh, yeah. Shire. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. You know what? You know what? Quick little yinzer in the news. Yeah. I mean, it's you, no, I mean, you know. McDonald French fries. Yeah. <laughs> Are we done with the flooding, please? God, I hope. My God. How about uh, the guy that was like, I just seen the TV go by. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> I mean, is it the end of the world? It feels like it. It was, I was the end? Heat, flooding, landslides. I was supposed to visit I mean, my, my sister God. in uh, Los Angeles over the break, and we were going to go to the Grateful Dead show and the Buccos game because they were both at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't. I ended up going to Erie with my dad, and uh, it was 111 degrees in yeah. Los Angeles. I'm going to do a story about that here coming 111 up 111 degrees. That's hot. But the heat. Uh, not only is it the Steelers' birthday, or was it the Steelers' birthday yesterday, but it was Jack Lambert's birthday, and Stan... I don't think Stan retweeted. Well, Stan retweeted Ryan Recker's tweet, which was diving into the archives at Channel 4 to find Stan's report on the day Lambert retired. There is not an owner or an organization, a team, or a coaching staff 
or a people in a city that I would have rather have played for in the entire world. Wow. I mean, I love that man. Stan asked him about how the Steelers embodied the work ethic of the Pittsburgh, you know, steel workers and how much of that was Jack Lambert aware of. Did you get the feeling that given the character and personality of this town that you fed off that personality and the reverse was true, the fans fed off your field personality? Yes, Dan, I've said that before. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of steel mill workers in this town, the hard, hard-working people, and I think that this is a football city. I think they know their football very well. I think they know who's out there working hard. Yeah, and he was definitely one of the guys doing it. And then a toe injury brought him down. Turf toe. Damn turf toe. So happy birthday, Jack Lambert. He felt like he was stealing a paycheck. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I was embarrassed to go collect my check, and I'm not doing that again next year. Meanwhile, he's probably awesome. Yeah. Like, even playing hurt, he was probably still great. So happy birthday, Jack Lambert. Born the same day as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I didn't realize until very recently, I have a friend who married into his family. I thought that he was a recluse because of CTE or, so. you know, I thought he had dementia and just didn't want to be seen. He is completely fine. He just really didn't, you know, he's a private person. And once he was done with football, he really didn't want to show up to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Isn't he a game warden or was at one time? Something like that. There's like a forest. Does he work for the... <laughs> He's a forest I, ranger. He's an outdoor yes. manly stuff. He's Sasquatch. <laughs> um, He's just intimidating people about forest fires. You can cut the line with Crawford at Kennywood this Sunday. That's right. July 15th from 2 to 5 o'clock at Kennywood. You can join Bill and 10 DVE listeners. You guys, well, actually 20 because yeah. you get to bring a guest. A winner and a friend. Yeah, winner and a friend. You get to go on Bumper Cars, Swing Shot, Phantom's Revenge, Exterminator, Pittsburgh Plunge, Thunderbolt Racer, and Jack Rabbit. After the rides, you get to have a picnic lunch in the pavilion. Now, you have to be 18 Beautiful. to win this. So keep listening. We're going to give away another chance to win next hour here on the DV Morning Show. Maybe as you're getting out of the shower, you'll hear about shower. it. <laughs> Well, you definitely get a shire standing next to the Pittsburgh punch. Uh, the, the, yeah. It's a Pittsburgh shire. What do you got next, Val? We're going to talk about the most depressing solo meals that single guys have made. One you eat in a shire. <laughs> Hot guys performing live for you next hour as well. And Michelle Michaels comes in to remember our friend Mike Steele. Neck. We would just neck. neck. Where did that term come from, necking? Well, that's what it kind of looks like. You know, if you were looking at two people, like, sort of from a distance, it looks like they're just bumping necks. Joining necks? (laughs) Yeah. Over there necking. Maybe you kiss the neck. (laughs) No. Francisco (laughs) Cervelli. Happy neck day. Cervelli, do you neck? No. 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 No neck. Not for me. I steal it the best. Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. 
if we're go- we were crossing analogies there because I think if you're stealing the base, that's assault. That is not okay. I no. stole a second base. No, no, no. Hold on. Uh, you go too far uh, with that analogy. No. No, no. So I got to go to jail now. Happy jail day. Hey, happy Sunday. <laughs> happy bell bombs. Uh, happy Sunday. What do you got going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. There's Center 11. It's 65 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Well, Randy, you mentioned the heat in California. Of course, we were sweltering here over the 4th of July all last weekend. Sweat the meatballs. (laughs) Happy meatball. Starting last Friday, triple-digit temperatures recorded all over Southern California, L.A. 104 Burbank Airport, 114. Van Nuys, 117. In Riverside, California, 118 degrees matched a 90-year-old record, uh, making things worse for residents there. The area suffered power failures and wildfires, and it's gotten up to over 90 degrees in Siberia, which is almost double their normal temperature. I saw there were... Totally normal. I saw there were records broken worldwide. I'm. Uh, I agree with the three scientists who say this is completely normal. <laughs> now you can't even go to Siberia and be cold anymore. <laughs> no, that's not a threat. To We're going on vacation. There. Siberia. There's a sandals there now. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. It's real nice. Happy Sunday. <laughs> Some good news about a dog on a plane. JetBlue crew members are being praised after saving a dog's life on a flight. Three-year-old French bulldog Darcy was on board a flight from Florida to Massachusetts when she started having breathing problems. Darcy's tongue turned blue and she showed signs of distress. That's when two JetBlue crew members provided the owner with an oxygen tank for Darcy. Within minutes of having the mask on her face, she became more alert, and her owners say they are forever grateful to the crew. I'm okay with dogs on planes. It's the people I want to get off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, if you could fly on a dog plane? Oh, dude, in a minute. (laughs) All all dogs? All dogs. You would fly on a plane with all dogs. (laughs) That would be nuts. Well, I mean, one owner, one dog. I mean, literally. That's a lot of exposed genitalia. Which there is sometimes exposed genitalia on a flight these days, but not even a dog. Yeah, (laughs) just some guy. Happy not the happy (laughs) testicle. In other animal news, animal rescue officers in Southwest Britain say they've had to deal with an increasing number of drunk seagulls. The RSPCA reports more than a dozen calls about hammered birds stumbling around in recent days. Uh, officials uh, thought they had botulism, but then they all seemed okay after they puked. <laughs> I just had to yak, dude. I've been uh, drinking a lot. <laughs> they uh, see, pull the trigger. You feel some pull the trigger. You feel way better. They say they reeked of alcohol. Officers think the bird somehow got into brewery waste somewhere. <laughs> We're at this brewery, and uh, we just got smashed. Puke and rally, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Seagulls aren't annoying enough. They get drunk. Oh my god! This one time I ate a fish. Check this out. Shh, come here. <laughs> one time I ate. A f- come here, fish. <laughs> Tell them. So there was a French fry that I ate a long time ago. That, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God! I, I just how do you know they're drunk? I remember. Well, they said they were puking and they reeked of alcohol. Stumbling all over the place. When I was a kid, everyone used to say like, if you throw an alka seltzer up in the air, they'll eat it and their stomachs they explode. explode. And I was like. Cool. Wait, not cool, right? I don't even. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't. Not a fan of those Who birds. Who learned but how to do that? That's weird. What Jeffrey Dahmer little kid around oh, here? Oh yeah, that's the guy that killed cats. And, <laughs> no question. Yeah. Uh, if you have a kid going to college this fall, you may want to offer them some advice, according to research from CareerBuilder.com. Here's a rundown of the college majors that are most in demand at companies looking to hire grads this year. So I don't, it may change in four years, but uh, business. Engineering, Computer and Information Sciences, Engineering Technologies, Communications Technologies, which I don't believe is communications like I went to school for, uh, Health Professions, Math and Statistics, Science Technologies, Public Administration and Social Services, and Mechanic and Repair Technologies in demand. My brother got a communication degree. Yeah. Not communications. Well, it is. Yeah, communication. no S Singular. Oh, I thought it was communications. No, technically no. Really? Yeah. It's a communication oh, I used to degree. always make fun of him for that. Then I guess I should throw out my communications degree. Got <laughs> <laughs> a typo. Turns out when I ordered that from <laughs> Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill is happy the First Church of Cannabis will not be able to use marijuana as a sacrament. So the Marion Superior Court ruled against the church on Friday. The church had filed a lawsuit against the Attorney General's office under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. The court found the church does not practice a religion, but is a group of marijuana activists. Well, look, I mean, you know, you have wine at the other churches. Sure. Why not uh, have a little... Good question. Do they use real wine in the Catholic Church? Real wine. Mm. It's real. (laughs) I mean, it's altar wine. I think it's a little... Watered down? Leans a little watered down. Well, you couldn't smoke weed and then drink wine. That would just be way too much cotton mouth. Cannonball! Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a Reddit discussion going on right now. Guys are sharing their most depressing single man solo meals. That's because that's all Reddit is. It's a bunch of depressed (laughs) single men. What's everyone eating right now? Mm. I'm having some sad mac and cheese. Some of the most interesting, and I'm sh- I bet a lot of guys have done this. One guy said he was too lazy to do dishes, so he ate a handful of cereal and then just drank milk. <laughs> I mean, that probably happens a lot. Oh I do that God. all the time. <laughs> you do that? All the time. A deconstructed bowl of cereal? I just don't want to eat, like... Dirty a dish? Dirty a dish. <laughs> I got a big handful of granola. I'm like, well, I'll wash that down with a little milk, but isn't that delicious? Well, that's different. Yeah. That's not a bowl at like, I'm picturing like Cheerios or Lucky Charms or something. No, that's yeah. probably what this is. These are people who take time for promulgating the Pizzagate yeah. conspiracy <laughs> to chug some Cocoa Puffs and wash it down with some Turners. A can of cold ravioli with half a bag of stale Doritos and flat Coke. Oh. Well, these sound like things I did more in college, but uh, cold raviolis. If you open up a Chef Boyardee mini, Chef Boyardee mini ravioli. And you just dump it into a bowl without heating it up. It's not bad. It's damn you near eat, but good. But you got to be in a bad place to try that. I haven't bought Chef Boyardee in 20 years. But there, well, there was, I mean, I lived on it from the age of 12 to 25. Do you eat a lot of hot food cold as a leftover? 
What food cold is it left over? Uh, not a lot, but yeah, I will. You eat it? I will. Yeah. My husband does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Lazy. <laughs> Is that it? Why heat it up? Oh, yeah. You, you got to turn the broiler dish. on. Yeah. Then you got to. Oh, oh uh, there How is a thing called a microwave. It? Yeah, uh, no, but that never does anything. That right. never tastes it, as good. It like rearranges the molecules in it, and all of a sudden you're eating some We're sort of. We're all rearranged. Like, no, we are. Yeah, that's. I'm like, what? Ah, I can't do it. I can't eat fish the second day. There's no second day fish Wait, for me. Cold or heated? If you cook fish and it's it, I, I, I can. If fish stays raw for some reason, I'm okay with eating it the second day. Like, not. So you leave. won't eat leftover fish? Is no, it just doesn't. Yeah, I can. I, I'll do that. It's kind of sad. Um, one guy opened a can of baked beans and put it right on the burner, then put a <laughs> no. put on a glove and ate it out of the can. <laughs> what? Because well, the can's hot. Oh, you God. can't and put on a glove. An of glove. <laughs> I'm guessing that's you like, don't have an of glove if you're eating baked beans in a can. That's like indoor hobo chili right there. Yeah. My dad, uh, Fourth of July, wanted me to make beans. For the cookout so i went and got mm-hmm. beans he goes make sure you get some uh, beans he likes the bushes beans yeah and he likes to do kind of like cowboy beans where you put like ground beef and stuff in it mm-hmm. and uh i went out to his house and he had uh, like 15 cans of beans out there <laughs> i'm like why did i need to get more beans and he's like well you know byob these, these are from uh 1987 then he didn't have a can opener and i'm like hey haas how do you expect to get these beans open are, are we camping with the brady's do we need to like Maybe that's why he has so many cans of beans. He goes, why? Yeah, no it, can opener. Right. I go, well, you got to get a can opener here. He goes, dummy, I just call the neighbors when I need one, okay? <laughs> like, I'm an idiot for, like, thinking maybe Not. you should have a can opener. I but, outsource my can opener. He's like, hey, why would I buy a can opener when my neighbors, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure they love to get that phone call. Hey, uh, can you open up a can for me? Thanks. Can of beans. And so he takes a big can of beans, like the big bushes, and he walks yeah. over to my na- our neighbors, and he's going to have them open it over there. I go, hold on a second. Are you really going to walk all the way over with an open can of beans? Like, that's a far walk. He's not exactly Jesse Owens these days. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, why not just go get the can opener and bring it over here? He goes, well, that'll be inconvenient. <laughs> You're right. Tell you what, you do eat beans your way. I'm gonna heat it up with an oven glove on the stove. <laughs> Just chug it like this guy who's uh, you know now on this, Reddit sharing his depressed recipes. This one has to be a drunken because nobody sober would eat this. A bowl of instant oatmeal and a tilapia fillet. No seasonings, just fish and oatmeal. Here's what I would say: oh is that God, if you disgusting. put that tilapia fillet in some some egg or butter, and then you coated it with the oatmeal, and then cooked it, right? As I a, bet yeah. that wouldn't be terrible. Well, you'd have to like it would be like a panko, it would be like a cr- crusted. Yeah, you have to tilapia. not whip. What's the word I'm looking for? Like in nay, the food nay. processor. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> you have to nay nay it. No, and the, put the oatmeal in the food processor and oh. then coat it in the... Oh, oh you have to now, this one mulch does, it up. This one doesn't sound too bad. Uh, white rice with Italian dressing poured on it. I bet that's good. Uh, the, the, in a pinch? The, these sound all like the, these are food rock bottoms where they there's, there needs to be an intervention. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of. How many days do you think you could eat with what's food? in my house? Yeah, with what's in your house. At least three weeks. Oh, my God. Me, too. Oh, my and God. I'd be in trouble after two days. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. 
But not yeah. not cooking gourmet stuff. Like I'm saying, okay, make it last. Yeah, I don't know how Easily to do that. Three weeks. I don't know how to pastas do that. Pastas and rice and yeah. stuff like that alone, stuff I could probably frozen. get a week. Frozen stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, all the Chef Boyardee I have. I mean, I haven't been able to open them. Speaking of that, one guy... you got to get a can opener, man. Yeah, the neighbors will do it. One guy did make a Bloody Mary with vodka and SpaghettiOs. <laughs> oh my. Hold on. Which, if you drain the Come SpaghettiOs... I'm telling you right now, do you ever go to Ala Familia, one of the world's greatest restaurants right here in Pittsburgh? Yes. They give you this awesome pasta at the beginning part of it, and it's, it's a uh, squiggly uh, pasta that has the vodka sauce on it. Mm-hmm. And there's vodka in that sauce. That It's vodka... That's what SpaghettiOs are. It's like a vodka sauce. So why not rock a vodka Bloody Mary? Sure. Vodka sauce Bloody Mary. I I'm bet not it, judging. I bet it would be delicious. Sauce? I would give it a try. I said, uh, There's a restaurant by me where they have this delicious tomato basil soup, and one of my friends is like, I can't place this taste. It's so good. It's so good. I go, it's SpaghettiOs. <laughs> she was like, oh, damn it. I will never not taste SpaghettiOs now. <laughs> I'm like, it, it is SpaghettiOs. I'm like, enjoy it. Don't get mad at it's it. It's SpaghettiOs without the SpaghettiOs. Hey, happy Sunday. Have a spaghetti. <laughs> happy Sunday. <laughs> I can't think of any really awful meals I've eaten. <laughs> I can think of so many. I mean, like, pathetic. I used, to, I used to eat potato chips with ketchup on oh, a paper yeah. plate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that always felt real gross. But that's not a desperation. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I always felt that's, pretty desperate. That seems like a delicious choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I I didn't ever really do any gross mix and matching. I just I relied on canned food for oh a yeah. decade. Oh my sure. god, I had pallets of um, ramen noodles. Yeah. I mean, those were a staple. Eat those every day of the week. Yeah, there was yeah a dip of PBJ in the ramen noodles, and you that's. No, Dude, I never did that. Never made a peanut butter and jelly and never. dip it into ramen? The chicken? Garlic bread? Definitely. Dude, PBJ, yeah. dip it into ramen. In what a flavor? chicken noodle? It doesn't matter. That's oh, the beauty it of the ramen. No, it All does. Right. I think it does. No, because like, the beef what? stock and the chicken stock are both awesome with uh, uh, a PBJ. I think you're out on an island there. Nope. People will come to my defense. <laughs> will they? When I was a kid, Other I... sad people from You know, Reddit? the best part about ramen, you don't need a can opener. That's <laughs> the greatest. You just rip it right just open. rip the bag open. Yeah. And put that brick in that's definitely healthy. For a healthiest brick of squiggle, <laughs> squiggle mouse, mouse pasta. What is this? I don't know. When I was a kid, I would eat tuna fish with ketchup on it. Mm. A sandwich. Did Not you like... Tuna bl- salad. Did you mix it like... No. Just like put some tuna yeah. fish on a bread and then squirt ketchup mustard. On. Oh, I can that do mustard. Made me feel you weird like inside. a. <laughs> you can like make tuna fish with like a. a um, yeah, but you wh- whip it into like a, a salad. Pong, like a Dijon mustard. That'll yeah, work because it's a little mayonnaise. Right. Mm-hmm. But ketchup. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't go that way. And yeah, I would eat it with my ketchup and potato chips. My <laughs> nephew crushed a Chick-fil-A, uh, just tons of ketchup on it the other day. Chicken oh, and yeah. ketchup. Absolutely. A lot of people yeah. put chicken and ketchup. Yeah. Not a fan of that. You didn't do chicken nuggets and ketchup? No. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, like rancher? Yeah. Honey mustard? Barbecue. Sour, yeah. barbecue. But in a pinch, ketchup works, right? For everything. <laughs> 
What's the saddest thing on there? Because I feel like the tilapia and oatmeal is that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty low. That's like I said. That's got to be a drunken meal. Yeah. Like you're hammered, and that's the only thing in your house. That's the type of meal where you really have to reassess your life and where you are and your goals, and, and I've start given up making some changes. I guarantee you, if you got Hormel chili in a can and took those stale Doritos and then just made like a makeshift nachos out of them, mm-hmm. I bet it would be good. Yep. Put a I've little go- cheese in there. You just got to call in- the neighbors, have them open the can. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten into this habit now where I try to think. I'm doing something healthy, but then I do something unhealthy that completely crosses it out. Like I go and I say, you know what? I'm not getting burritos anymore. I'm doing the burrito bowl. <laughs> That's healthy. Eliminate the carb. And the then thing. I don't even use a fork. I just scoop it out with chips. Oh, well, yeah, you're screwed right <laughs> there. Yes. I, I'm totally an idiot for that. Well, that's why I love being in Erie. And I've told you guys before, every menu item description starts with, smothered with <laughs> so like me and my brother are like oh we're gonna eat healthy we go to this restaurant and they're like slathered hey, we got the sea bass it's real nice we're like all right there you go yeah we've been eating like pigs see let's have some sea bass a little grill great underneath it was like this the butteriest cheesiest risotto in the world and they gave you like eight pounds of it like the plate was so <laughs> heavy and there's like one nice little piece of fish on top you're not just chopping at the fish you're mowing through oh, yeah. that risotto right you have mac and cheese basically sitting there. Yeah. You're going to crush it. I'm uh, like, we just put down like 1,900 calories on a meal that we thought was supposed to be healthy. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And finally, in music news, Robert Plant once again saying the surviving members of Led Zeppelin have no plans to reunite to celebrate no. the band's <laughs> right, uh, the band's no. 50th anniversary. No. In a recent interview, Plant joked the only way the band will reunite is in a chip shop, which is Fish and Chips' yeah. place. Uh, Jimmy Page has also confirmed there are no plans to reunite on stage to mark the milestone anniversary. Meanwhile, Page, Plant, and John Paul and Jones are working together, though, on that uh, book titled Led Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin, which is due out in October. And I always am amazed that a band that's been around 50 years says, we have photos that have never been seen <laughs> yeah. before. This is a book by Led Zeppelin, about Led Zeppelin. It's only for Led Zeppelin, yeah. so you can't actually purchase it. <laughs> Jimmy Page is like, what I did was I took pictures of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's ever seen those it's before. It's me telling a story to myself. <laughs> You're not allowed to buy this. It's, <laughs> it's just... It's not for sale. No. That's so stupid. He, he drives me crazy. Sunny, mid-80s today. It is 68 at DVE. Hey, the Hawkeyes are going to be performing this coming Friday night out at South Park, part of the Allegheny County Summer Concert Series with Jim Donovan and the Sun King Warriors and Colin Michael Tyler and Jay joining us right now upstairs uh, in the uh, Permanis DVE Coffee House. What's up, fellas? How are you? Hello. What's going Good on, morning. Jay Wiley? Good day, Berg. Long time, my man. Yeah, man. How's your voice? Um, you know, it's it, it's a day to day thing. I got a I got a vocal coach now, so it's cool. Really? Yeah. Yes. Oh man, that's uh, well. Look, you uh, you have one of the best rock and roll voices going, and <laughs> there was at one point you were singing like 290 dates a year. Kind of still am. Are you really <laughs> wow. at that many? 
That's a yes. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said, you're really singing that many dates. I, I mean, between the studio rehearsals and and shows. Oh, yes, dude. absolutely. Okay, so what's the latest with the Hawkeyes? What's going on with you guys? You are also one of the most well traveled bands uh, anywhere around Pittsburgh. Yeah. We are you keeping track track of mileage? We we are because we need a new van right now. Our van's running on seven of eight cylinders. It's hilarious. Yeah. You got to get a van coach, dude. <laughs> we yeah. need a van coach. <laughs> so, but uh, we've got a lot of miles traveled in the in the last year um, since uh, we brought Tyler Parker, our new bass player, on board. Um, we started working with Sean McDonald on the new record. Nice, really awesome. Exciting. It's not quite the Chinese democracy territory as far as how long it's taking, uh-huh. <laughs> but, but it's got to be good. It's got to be great. And then we got this uh, nice uh, tour starting here in a couple of weeks, July through the end of summer. We've got uh, the opener for Leonard Skinner. Oh, uh, nice. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. You're going to be playing with Skinner. Yes. Out at, at Sturgis. Wow. Oh, dude, what a cool gig that is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're also dedicating this tour to the memory of our fallen brothers. Yes, we we uh, it was called the Stone Throwaway Tour, and uh, our manager is probably going to kill us for like saying you know I we need to change it to the Digby Mike Steele Tour because man those guys were so in, you know integral in our early days of just getting our name out there and they were always there at shows and mm-hmm. it's really weird not to see mike like sitting in this room with us right, right now right yeah. yeah he would definitely have been up there for this performance there's no, no doubt question. about that uh, here, well i'll yes. see you guys on friday night but looking forward to hearing you right now what do we got we got a new song called stones throw away here they are it's the hawkeyes live on dve Whoa, 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 Oh, oh, oh. 
DVE Sports. Congratulations to Ray in Reserve Township. He's off to Kennywood and cutting the line with Crawford Sunday. Let's get after it, Ray. People are going to look at us weird, but it's not about them. It's about us. Mike's got sports for you right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is out brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. More fun with the World Cup this week. Tuesday, it's France against Belgium, and Wednesday, Croatia against England. It's getting good. The pressure is on as the tournament uh, oh, yeah. steamrolls toward a conclusion, and it might be a tired Croatian team facing the English. The AP reporting that uh, Croatia will have played the equivalent of roughly four matches in 11 days by the end of its semifinal against England, uh, even if the England match doesn't go to extra time. Uh, the Croats are coming off defeating Denmark and Russia in successive shootouts. So it's a lot of soccer that uh, they've yeah. been playing of late. Maybe some tired legs. A lot legs. of running. Some, uh, some information that some people might use to their advantage. Who knows? We shall see. I would think a, a team that's not as tired as the other team would have an advantage over said tired team. What is there a spread in soccer? Oh, How man. do they do that? What is it, one? Any way you want, man. There's total... Who scores first? Pick a side. Do they do it in regular time? Does it take extra time? Who scores first? That's Madden about it next time he's in. How many players are going to flop? All of them. <laughs> That's an easy one. Pirates beat the Phillies 4-1 to one yesterday, but uh, the two games that uh, preceded yesterday's streak-snapping victory, maybe a little more uh, of a... Resonating factor associated with those. Friday night, the Bucks lost 17-5. It was the second time in four games they gave up 17 runs. And then Saturday, they lost 3-2 to the Phillies. They had been leading 2 to nothing, and they had Jamison Tyone on the mound. And he was seemingly in cruise control, having given up six hits. Or excuse me, two hits through six innings, both of them singles. Uh, the Phillies uh, go on to get three in the seventh. Tyone does not last the seventh. And Philadelphia wins the game 3-2. to two. Here's how Rob Beer Temple described what happened in The Athletic. Through six innings, the Phillies managed just two singles off Tyone. With all of his pitches working, his two-and-four-seam fastballs, the slider, curveball, and even the changeup, the right-hander was rolling and pitch efficient. Reese, Hops- Reese Hoskins opened the seventh with a routine fly out to left. As Tyone waited for the ball to be relayed in, he glanced at the bullpen and saw Santana on the mound. That would be Edgar Santana warming up. Quoting Tyone, At 68 pitches without a guy touching second base and someone's warming up, that's tough. I don't know. I haven't been pitching the greatest, so I understand that maybe the trust isn't there. But again, I was looking forward to being the guy who gives the bullpen a rest by going even deeper and ends the streak. That uh, at the time was a four-game losing streak which became the five-game losing streak that the Pirates snapped yesterday. Uh, here's how that seventh inning went. Uh, Tyone got uh, a fly out to left to start the seventh, and then he noticed Santana warming up as the ball was being relayed in. Then it was single, fielder's choice, so now it's two outs, a guy on first, and then Tyone surrenders a triple and a single. Now it's 2-2. Then he gets yanked. The bullpen ends up uh, giving up another run, and the Pirates lose. Was that too early? Did uh, seeing Santana warm up unnerve him? He quadoed himself. Kind of. What happened? And again, I would have left him in. Uh, at this point of the year, it should be about developing guys, not trying to win that game that day. <laughs> yeah, really. Right, just go out there and battle. I'd rather see you try to make the horse 
fight his way through it. It's become a tough inning and see if he can at least get you out of there with the game tied and maybe give you another inning after that. They didn't play it that way, but uh, I, I don't like hearing that kind of stuff from, from anybody, especially Tyone. Um, you know, it's not well, a hanging offense, but uh, it should be. Honestly, Mike, it's a small issue in the larger problem that the pirates have when huntington just says all right the optimism has turned to realism yesterday yeah then you know uh it's over it's over unless they win the eight. gm just said it's over unless they win eight this week he, and it's he, july 9th he left that door open yeah oh so they just have to win eight in a row so now or, we're in our a mini major league scenario you know maybe seven mm-hmm. and one is there a naked picture of bob nutting that oh, they're slowly God, i hope not ripping yeah. pictures Seriously. of clothing off of I, I hope not. Um, speaking of nutting, uh, everybody uh, careful is appropriately critical <laughs> of the way this team uh, is run from a financial standpoint. But uh, I got to keep coming back. To, yeah, he's making money. He could be making so much more That's if he tried mean. harder. Nineteen thousand five hundred forty-two attended uh, yesterday's four-to-one win over the Phillies. That was the uh, lowest crowd in Major League Baseball. The, uh, the least attended game. There were 15 games yesterday. 14 of them drew crowds of at least 20,000. Wow. Six of them drew crowds of at least 30,000. And three of them drew crowds of at least 40,000. And it's not that he has to win the pennant. It's just get people to think you are trying to win the pennant. And that's did not that. get people to think. Try to win the pennant. That's more... And you, Seats sold, more hot dogs consumed, more beers guzzled, more parking spaces paid for. More merchandise. Right. He's making money, but he's not seeing how much more he could make if he just did this better. And he's trying to hold us ransom. Uh, you know. Well, you know, if you guys came to the uh, ballpark, we'd be able to get some money to spend on some more players. Mm, we fell for that before. And that, then what happens going forward? Once the lease is up. It's a sad spiral. Does he move the team when we give him nothing, which is what we should give him? Nutting. Nothing. Felipe Vasquez is going to the All-Star game. Uh, that announced yesterday. The Bucko reliever is 3-2 and two with a 3.38 ERA. He got his 18th save and 22 chances yesterday. And uh, I guess this qualifies as NFL news. Uh, Dwight Clark, uh, the former uh, San Francisco 49ers great, passed away on June the 4th after uh, a battle with ALS at the age of 61. He has now arrived at his final resting place. I saw this. It is uh, in close proximity to the goalpost where he made the catch mm-hmm. for the 49ers on January the 10th, the ditch. Na- 1982. Uh, here's the, the caveat or the asterisk. Candlestick Park's not there anymore. The goalpost isn't there anymore. It is uh, practice on, uh, facility, it, right? No, it's on the ranch of uh, former 49ers owner Eddie DeBartolo. He's got a ranch in Montana, and uh, the goalpost is there. And now Dwight Clark is there. Uh, for former 49ers coach Steve Mariucci tweeted a video showing the post and Dwight Clark's final resting place. "Quote: NFL fans will probably recognize this goalpost right here. That was the goalpost." They probably wouldn't because they all look no, the same. No. Yeah. Uh, that was the goalpost that was in the end zone of the catch in Candlestick when Dwight Clark beat the Dallas Cowboys on a throw from Joe Montana. And this is Dwight Clark Stone in proximity to the goalpost 
where he did make that catch. Rest in peace, my friend. Makes resale a little tricky, but yeah, mm-hmm. nice sentiment. Pretty cool final resting place. Yeah. If that's what he wanted, yeah. Yeah. God rest his soul. <laughs> Val's just been holding that. <laughs> Everyone. Uh, the Hawkeyes are upstairs in the coffee house. Guys got one for us? Yes. What do we got? We have a song called Now or Never. See them Friday night at South Park Amphitheater with Sun King Warriors. Here they are for you now on DVE. The Hawkeyes one more time.
Andy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show, and I wanted to have our friend Michelle Michaels come in before her shift today because uh, we lost a member of our family last week when Mike Steele passed away, and it was sudden and it was shocking and a surprise to all of us, and I wanted to make sure that we best represented Mike's role and importance here at the station uh, and didn't want to give him short shrift uh, or his memory. Uh, so thanks for coming in to help us do just that, Hi Michelle. Hi, guys. So good to see good you. Morning, so good Michelle. to be in your room. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I... Do people know that, that Sean and I are in a separate studio and you guys are in this like enterprise, Starship Enterprise Yes, situation. we have the big uh, conference room yeah. So I feel like thing. I'm with a big kids now. No, you're not mm-hmm. at all. As Give me a the... cookie and some chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're actually at the kids' table. <laughs> That's true. I am the adult in the room. You're right. You're right. What am I thinking? So I played a little government mule there uh, bringing oh. us on because that was one of Mike Steele's favorite yeah, bands. Yeah. Uh, he was diagnosed in April and that's not a long time between coming to grips with uh, the diagnosis and then having uh, succumbed to the disease. It was uh, terribly shocking for us here. But I want to make sure that the DVE audience understands uh, what an important part of what we do here he was on a daily basis because he wasn't somebody that they would hear on the air every day. Right. But you know, as I do, right. that there were there are certain people here in the station, and as of right now, nobody to fill the role he had, which was, oh, he can do everything. Everything. And, and sadly, when you're that kind of a person, people will ask you and ask you and ask you, and because of how you are, you're never going to say no. And he never said no. And he could do everything. He could do everything, not only on our station, but yeah. on the X, on 3WS, mm-hmm. the Pirates, or not the Pirates, silly me. Uh, the Steelers and the Penguins, uh, and he, but he loved it. I mean, he loved it so much. You know that. You guys, mm. you guys oh, all yeah. know that. I mean, when you would hear him on the air, I mean, after all these years, because he started in Beaver Falls and then he was with us in the, what the late nineteen nineties into the early. Yeah, 2000s. I was saying earlier, and uh, I think it was two thousand. He went to Austin because Bob Roof it was like had a going 2000s. away party for yeah. him right when I first got here, and I remember thinking like, oh, this guy must have been a big deal here. Yeah, because th- th- they had this huge going away party for him. And what a town for him to go to, right? Austin, Austin, yeah. because he was he was all about that music, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, what 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 couldn't he do? What what did he not do for me? Can I speak about just me personally? Because from those early days, and then he left because it was like his dream job to go to Austin, mm-hmm. and then we ended up getting him back, which was really cool. Um, but from those early days, he made me sound so much smarter. Like he he was the kind of guy. He was like Sean. He yeah, he was like a this. Lot alike. He was like Google in his brain. You know, he just like. Spit out concert dates, spit out factoids, spit out this, spit out that. And if I was doing, say, an electric lunch broadcast and he was running the controls back here, he would just be sitting there giving me a little facts to say about, you know, mm-hmm. when I, after I came on, whatever band it was, they're coming in concert, they did this, this one's birthday, and was like, too much. I'm like, Mikey, yeah. you know, this is so good. Thank you. But he did. And he, he covered my butt so many times. Yeah. He's, he produced our show for a long time when we were in pro- in between producers and he was so able to and that was Wade sort of you know he, he was him. he was overqualified sure. for that job um but he would do a great job producing the show and then he would come in when we were done talking and then add 10 things that we probably should have t- just spoken about uh during that break like oh you know another thing this that and the other thing like he was so yeah. able to do all of those things uh, i know i took him for granted here that he would always just be able to do something i never thought right. like to make mention of like wow it's so special that there's somebody here who can do all of these things mm-hmm. we just relied on him constantly i was lucky in that i th- and it's not like me to remember, you know, I'm one of those people shoulda, coulda, woulda also, you know, but for some reason we had a running bit because 
we had so much fun when he would when he would run the controls mm-hmm. for my broadcast. And I didn't hang out with Mike outside of the studio. You know, we would go to concerts and this and right. that. But I would always say to him because he truly was. I'd say, "Hey, Mikey, did I tell you yet today you're the best?" You know, and he'd be like, "Oh, you know." He, he laughed, and mm-hmm. he but he was, mm-hmm. he was. And then after he would produce your show in that time. There's probably something else in the building that they, you know, that oh, yeah. was waiting for him to do because he was so good at it. Yep. Um, engineering wise, if we couldn't get an engineer and, and your broadcast was crashing and burning, he could sort of, you know, stick them something together, you know, mm-hmm. like with like duct tape or something and, and make it work, you know. So but the thing that you've seen on Facebook from all of his friends is that he's also such a good guy. You know, and he loved he loved being on the air. You guys all knew, you know, when he went on the air. On the microphone. Oh no, he loved it. He had a you great could hear voice it too. in his voice. He was having so much fun. Oh, but he would post in anticipation of going on the air, like, "I'm about to go have a huge party." Like <laughs> he was so excited about all of his impending air shifts. Like it was a real celebration for him. And and uh, you know, uh, uh, he was such a fan of live music and the live music experience. It was a real big part of who he was. Uh, and you know I, that's most of the conversations I had with him were about live shows. People talk about that in the building, Randy, just like you. Uh, people on other stations, they'll stop in the middle of the hall and they'll stand there for a half hour and talk about this show or that yeah. show. And the thing about him is he remembered dates too. Mm. You know, like Sean and you, you guys all are good at this. My head's a little foggier. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw them three times. Yeah, that one time they did this song, you know. But <laughs> but he was like, okay, so on August 23rd of last year, I'm like. You you are so yeah. into this, and but but that's the thing. I mean, who who can figure out why people die quickly? We've had Digby die, and, and our good friend Richard Barranco, people dying yeah. way too young, and and Mike's was so quick, and so ferocious. You know, this was you know he my shows were the last ones that he, I'm so glad actually that you delayed this because I could never have talked like this a week ago. I yeah, have, it was it. it really sent a like shock. Right now, I'm still trying. Us. You know me, yeah. I'm like I'm like an Italian baby. I cry mm-hmm. over a good sandwich, but. Um, how do you explain this? You know, I I just know the last shows he did were my shows for vacation. I remember, and I think he actually—I thought it was a week, but I think it was more because Scott Paulson went on hiatus for a while, and he was going to do some shows for me. And then Mikey did them, and then he did a whole nother week. And then I came in and I asked, you know, our one of our coworkers, Anthony Alfonsi, something about Mike Steele, and he said, uh, "You don't know, you know." And it took from April. It was. April, oh, I mean, it was, it was like April twenty third. Hey, I don't so feel quick. good. My stomach hurts. Right. I don't. And then I'm going to the doctor. And then boom. And then on Monday, everyone's like, April "Are 23rd. you kidding me?" Yeah. So um, why? Why? You know, I, I hope he's in a fabulous place, as we all do. And uh, you know, we we are we're so we're so thankful to have him covered our butts for this yeah. whole time because mm-hmm. he was he was such a great person to work with. Mike brought up a great point that um, Mike Pursuta that um, the younger guys and, and uh, girls here in the in the office and the the you know working all the stations the newbies it can be tough when you're in those roles when you know they see everybody Michelle Michaels is walking down the hall or you know Randy and Val are walking down the hall they don't want to stop and say hey how do I do this necessarily oh, uh, I go there's Bill he definitely doesn't know like, we, we know Bill has no yeah. idea how he's such a good guy there he's so funny <laughs> but Mike Steele was somebody that they they relied on and counted on and he helped he all never, of those and he never stopped it's so funny Brian Hughes who's a co-worker of ours in the building oh, yeah. posted something on Facebook that, that Mike literally led him in the building 60 times because he always <laughs> forgot his card key to get into the DVE building you know and he said he never got mad at me and he goes and my kids would mess with him when he was producing the Steelers games and he never he just thought it was great 
So how lucky we are that we, you know, we were part of having a, uh, such a good egg as, as yeah. we had a relationship with. But I mean, I just wanted to, t- um, let's see if I can do this without crying. Um, I texted with him here and there as all of us did and, and mm-hmm. ta- got to talk to him a couple times. But a week before he died, I'm on the air. I'm doing the electric lunch, which he also saved my butt so many times for. Did you ever see his post about the electric lunch? He made me look Mm-mm. like such a slacker oh, doing the lunch. he'd go way out. He would say, hey, I'm taking requests. And then each person that would request, he would Facebook them and tell them what time the song was going to be on. He was like, <laughs> okay, your song's going to be on between 1230 and 1240. Oh, I was like, are you it. kidding me? But anyway, he was so good at this. But anyway, I was on the air a week before he died. I get this text. It has little, it has little um, musical notes written, and then it says, mm-hmm. "Sing a song, play guitar, make it snappy." Because I was playing "Dear Mr. Fantasy," jamming out in the hospital bed. Miss you, Michelle. Ah. Uh. But and then here's me. Hey, Mike, did you just hear that little bit of dead air? Nothing's changed, you know. So, mm-hmm. so there you have it. Um, How do I fix that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't even imagine. Um, how his family's hearts are breaking right now, but we all have our, we all have our um, big ball of wax that God throws at us, and I guess we all have to get through it as best we can. But I guess we're all very happy and thankful that we've known Mike. Thanks for uh, sharing your memories. So well, and, thanks uh, for having me, you guys. Hopefully, uh, his family's been able to have some, you know, glean a little comfort from everything that his coworkers have been able to say about. What a great job he did here and how uh, how much we counted on him. And I know I did. You know, the one thing I said about him was that when he would do the live shows, the morning shows, and he would run the board, like, there, there's a lot of moving parts with special guests, multiple mixes occurring, and then different, you know, methods of recording the show and right. backups and just so many. And curveballs and schedules changing in the yeah. blink of an eye and on-air editing. And I never once expected him to do anything but react like, oh, here's, you know, here's the curveball. And then I just expected that he would do that because he was a pro. But I definitely did not tell him how much I appreciated enough. You know, I'd say thanks, but I would never, like, point out, like, dude, the fact that you can do that is pretty amazing, and I feel terrible that I never was able to articulate that to him. So he knows now. Because that was, uh, it was a really special thing. He didn't want the praise, though, Randy. He wanted the show to be good. Uh, I would say that that's definitely true. But there were times where I would lose my my composure a little bit, and he never did. And, you know, stuff would be going haywire, and I'd be going, what the f***? You know, dude, like, you know, hold on. We can't, hold on. You know, and I'd be freaking out. He'd be like, okay, all right, you're good to go, man. You're good to go now. And that's all the energy I would ever get back from him. That was he a knew. pretty good reenactment. Well, that's kind of like what I was here for like. a lot of those, yeah. But that was because he understood also, having been there, that like what we were going through at the moment was like he could kind of sit at the control panel and see like, okay, this, that, the other thing, all right. And uh, all right, we're good. We're good here. And so, uh, you know, I'll always be grateful for that. So, like he's, I said, Michelle, thanks so much. He's jamming out to a great band right, oh, yeah. right now. No doubt. Thanks for having me, Randy. Thank you, guys. All right. Very you, much. You got to get some government mule on for Mike today. Oh, I will. I, I did a whole set for him last. Did you really? I did. I did the Warren Haynes. I did the. Cool. I did Soul Shine. I did government mule. I did. Well, yeah, we'll do it all. Everybody. Can you Facebook me and tell me exactly what time <laughs> the song is going to be on. <laughs> All right, we're running. Mikey's the only person who's going to be doing that sort of thing, but okay. thanks anyway. All right, much love to you, Michelle. Thank you. Love you guys. Okay, we're going to do, uh, well, that's it. We're out of here. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, 
God, I hope it's better than today. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it was very fun. Uh, the Hawkeyes were great. See them Friday night at the South Park stage as part of the Allegheny County Summer Concert Series. And also thanks to Gene Collier for joining us and talking about the birthday of the Steelers, the origin of your Pittsburgh Steelers 85 years ago yesterday. That's it. We're out of here. Have a great day, everybody. And we got to play Happy a little birthday. bit of this on the way out here. Hold on. Let, let this play a little bit for Mike. DB. Making deals so long. Now and then I feel a cold wind blowing through my aching bone. I think back to what my daddy said. Sunshine. I know it's better than moonshine.